What up, guys? Your boy Quake, and we're back with a brand new episode. Episode, whatever. People always talking shit about that, but uh, <laughs> we got some some special for you guys. This is the first guest to appear on the Diverse Mentality Podcast. This is a homie of mine that I've known for quite some time now, and just an overall great person, great artist whose music I really fuck with. Married to the Money is probably one of my favorites, and I've always bumped that. My sister fucks with that, brother, everybody. So yeah. dope ass track. So I want to introduce Breeze Mantana to the podcast. Can you get some clap for him. Yeah, let's go. What's going on, Breeze? What's going on, man? Hey, man, we've just been work. We just finished one episode, so we're now back, back, back to back. back again, so they're gonna see. see the same clothing. They're gonna be like, man, what the fuck's going on? But the grinding, that comes with the grind. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. I'm trapping in the studio for three days straight. We ain't changed clothes, man. <laughs> Fuck them. I mean, rappers do it. You yeah. see them in the same, the same clothes on, on in a video on at the the show on tour. So yep. speaking, so when you go in the studio, do you just grind it all out, like? day by day do you even know if it's daylight outside because i know some studios they just they don't give a, they put no light in there they just record i mean i do about five to eight hours whenever i'm in the studio Damn. I'm, I'm not like a lab rat and it's probably because i don't have my own studio when i get yeah. my own studio i probably will be a lab rat but um paying for studio time is and that should start to hit you um, nah, it's not really so much the money. It's just that the way I write, I don't need to be in the studio. Like I write okay. at home a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know what I'm saying? And cool. and I need to be in a closed space by myself with no distractions, okay. no people around. I mean, I can write in the studio and I have. Like if I'm doing like a feature or something, um, I can write on the spot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the, the competition um aspect pushes me to to write. But um, my, my preference is writing in my room or like I have like a five bedroom house so I, I could write in any room in the house yeah. and just close the door. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just play the music and just. That's how I am. I got to yeah. be isolated. Yeah, I got to be isolated. Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about, sorry for cutting off, we were talking mm -hmm. about uh, how we don't want a bunch of people in the studio just chilling, yeah, you know, I and stuff. I don't like that, you know. The yeah. only people that that's allowed in my sessions are the engineer, the photographer, videographer, Myself and the people who part of the campaign, and the, and pretty the, much. And, yeah, and, and the champagne. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That, that was actually my next question. What do you need when you're in the studio? Yeah, um, champagne. That's it. What just, kind of champagne just, are you drinking? Uh, I don't want to say the. Okay, you know, I, wanna, I, I got you. You know what I'm saying? But that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, a rose. Okay. A rose. A rose champagne. Yeah. Right. Yeah, rose is the best. You know, you put me on that. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what. That's all I need in the studio is the champagne, my photographer, videographer, and I'm straight. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, there's some artists for creativity is like they need all kinds of shit. They need yeah. drugs, I, I, Doritos, all sometimes types of shit. I have like uh like runway uh videos playing on yeah. like uh fashion shows or whatever. Oh, really? On, yeah. I've seen Wayne Wayne put like sports and shit a lot. I, I know I like to watch YouTube videos when we in here sometimes. Yeah. Let yeah. it run on Yeah, I do that. I put like sports, like if I'm watching the Lakers game or some shit. Uh that's it. Just cause they're like if you want to take a break, you know, sometimes you just kinda get your mind off it for like a good ten minutes and then you go back into it. But it can fuck with the with the with the creativity process too because it can distract you. Like yeah. if I watch the Lakers game, I see LeBron do crazy shit with Anthony Davis. I'm like shit, just watching, I'm like, damn, I gotta get back to work. So yeah. it could be either or, you know, it could be a good thing and a bad thing. But yeah, I, I caught a little bit of that on um in, in some of my sessions for Let Us Cook Two and, and hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Um if you look on my, my IG page, there's uh videos of me like when I was recording and there's uh like Craig Green runway show on uh, yeah Tom Tom Brown uh, 
Prada. Yeah. So you went to uh, fashion? Yeah, heavily. Okay. Heavily. It's, 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 it's just another art. You know, yeah. I'm heavy into art. Um, yeah. I know y'all going to ask me certain things, but I don't want to, you know, say too much too early. But yeah. before I was, before I ever wrote a rap, um, I was heavy into art, drawing, painting, okay. whatever. Before I ever rhymed, that was my first love. Um, I think a lot of a lot of artists are like that. Yeah. They they get into like a lot of artists can draw too, which is crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that was that was me. I used to draw all day. I used to I, sit in my room, draw all day. I couldn't draw for shit, man. Yeah. Just stick figures, man. So, so any 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 facet of art is you know whether it's it's culinary art, whether it's you know um, like uh, contemporary, like yeah. drawing, painting, sculpture, do, do you, um, furniture, create your own. Like a cover art? Nah, but I'm ve- I'm I'm heavy into the cover art though. As okay. far as like the input, like I'm yeah. very okay. very adamant about my cover. One hundred percent with me. Anybody too. that knows me knows how anal pause I am about <laughs> my um my cover art. Like to where like like people I did features with, um we might have kind of like fell out because <laughs> I didn't fuck I didn't mess with the cover art and they. You know they didn't. We didn't see eye to eye on that. And I'm telling them like, yo, the cover artist is not it. I can't put that out. I, I'm not posting that. You yeah. know what I'm yo, like, no, no, like, like yeah. the package, the way the music is presented is what attracts people yeah, the most. Yeah. People don't before. understand that. Like, listen, yeah. the first thing people see is the cover yeah. art before they press play. Yeah. That's the first thing they see. It has to be mm-hmm. a one. Yo, yeah. okay. So back when I was making music, I fell the fuck off on that. But when yeah. I made a project, which was the Ignite EP. I, I had a whole cover. Yeah, I had a whole website where one eye on my photo was like going red and then like it just attracted people like yo this is unique and different and the cover art like when you go to the website it, it showed after like probably 5 seconds and just the way it was presented presented and packaged everybody went to it. Right. Obviously the music wasn't up to par because right. I wasn't a seasoned artist or yeah, anything right. like that. Yeah. But if you deliver that you loved. Yeah, if you deliver yeah. on the music too after you get people yeah. into the artwork, it's that that's done. Yeah. That's that's why the cover art's important. It's I hate automatic. Yeah. I hate whenever an artist comes to me and is like, "Yo, check out my shit." And it's some like fucking just letters and it's nothing special. It's it's just like shit. it's stupid, man. Who's that reminds like the cover art that really stood out to me that made me actually go look at somebody's shit was Trinidad James cover art. Yeah. Because he looked like Jerome. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that cover art would really have you have people press and play. Because like, think about it. This? And this is with products and everything, right? You're scrolling at a rapid pace, man. So you need to, you need something that's going to attract people's mm-hmm. attention. When Kylie Jenner was doing, they were doing this, like, uh, on Instagram, this uh, square of, like, colors. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a specific color. Everybody would stop. They realized that color was such a, a, a bright and just eye-catching color that everybody on Instagram, damn near everybody, like 80% of people would stop on that. And people and don't understand, like, and this this might be come from, like, being, a, like, a true artist, like, coming from the art world and all that before I was ever doing music and just understanding certain things. There's, the colors have an effect on your brain. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's certain colors that have an, that has a certain effects on your brain. And I always give this, this, this um, analogy and this example of, like, with cover art. Like, look at a child and when they're in the supermarket and they're in the cereal aisle. Um, they're always attracted to certain cereal boxes. Yep. There's a reason for that. Yep. 
You know what I'm saying? So if a child is like that from a, like at a young age, like you're attracted to, like what they don't know what what this. If they never had the cereal before, they want it because of the box. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They don't care about how it tastes. Yep. Exactly. It could taste horrible. Exactly. They want it because of the box. Yep. So it's the same thing with cover art. Yep. People are attracted to if that's the first thing you see, and you got to think about yourself as a consumer. Like me as a consumer, if I people see, don't look at that either. Yeah. If I if I see cover art that doesn't look fire you know what i'm saying then i'll bypass it i'm just gonna move i on. do that all the time yeah. and i've i've skipped some fire ass tracks because the cover art yeah, the cover was art was, was crazy was yeah trash. well i always say make make sure the music is good it's mixed and mastered everything's there and then the cover art is the second most important thing right, right. i also say engineers too make sure you find the right engineer that's that's because your engineer is like your therapist yeah. at the right. end of the day you know you got to be able to confide in that person make sure that you guys have the same taste too and because if you really look at it, the biggest artists they've had the same engineer, the person that's been with them, you know, yeah, man. all the I, time. I'm, I'm, I've been looking for that that one guy that's serious. I had somebody that I worked on with the last on the last two projects. Shout out to him, but yeah. um, I need somebody that's like consistent. What it really boils down to is like me getting my own studio, like my own. Yeah. Stu- I, I want really want a creative space. Of course. But, um, we, you say you got like a bunch of rooms. You ain't never tried to set up nothing with a laptop and a microphone. The, the, the or? thing is, I have a three-year-old. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I have two kids, but I have I have a, a three. My youngest is three, and yeah, she's just all over the place. Right so yeah. I, w- I I really need a space where I can get away mm-hmm. outside of the house, and that's yeah. why I go to the studio. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, that's important because that. Yeah, because even at my house, I'm always with my parents and shit. And they're like always yelling something happens i gotta go help them out so i'm like i'm glad i got this place because i can just kind of focus on my shit here yeah Yeah. sometimes you need that man so right so let's talk about how your whole life story from beginning to end i want to hear it all man man. do we have enough time (laughs) let's go (laughs) so long story man so where were you born and what in terms of the environment what was um impacting you in terms of music because i know eventually you got into hip-hop so how did that happen all right, man, let's get into it. All right, so I was born in Yonkers, New York. Yonkers is uh, in, in Westchester County in New York. Uh, Yonkers is where um, DMX is from. That's where the Locks is from. That's where Mary J. Blige is from. Yep. I was born in Yonkers Riverside Hospital. Um, at some point, my mom met my, um, sometime while my mother was pregnant, I'm assuming, she met my brother's father, my younger brother's father, my brother Tim, um, and he's from Mount Vernon. Yeah. So they 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 met. They ended up um, having my brother. They ended up getting married later. And at some point, when I was maybe like one years old or a couple months, we moved to Mount Vernon. It's yeah. probably like a, a couple months. So I never really um, spent that much time in Yonkers until later. But I'll explain that later. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up in Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon is right next to the Bronx. It's like literally like, um, like, let's just show you an example. Yeah. This is Mount Vernon yeah. right here. This cap. Yeah. Or the court. Right here is the Bronx. Yes, that's like literally, you can walk across the street and some on, on some blocks, and you'll be in the Bronx. And the, their their area code is seven one eight. Yeah. You know. That's like K- Kentucky with uh. What is it, Tennessee? I think 
you just like cross there's a certain area you just cross, so yeah, it's the same type yeah, of shit, it's yeah. This, yeah the same type of thing except for those are like you know th- those are different states yeah states but um yeah so growing up there how was it like um growing up was was fire like it's i have great memories growing up yeah um in in, in mount vernon or whatever like just like you know um just playing tag and you know things like that or whatever i grew up on a block called 13th avenue like that was that was the the block where like you know like the my first block yeah. i guess you know um my my mom was with my my brother's father mm-hmm. and we were kind of like middle class I, I guess like upper middle class yeah when she was with him and um my grandfather that i told you about earlier my grandfather was heavy in the real estate. He was in the army, in yeah. the army reserve, but he was heavy in the real estate. So he had like uh he basically owned like uh, a quarter of the block. Oh sure. Damn. Yeah, probably like maybe like seven or eight homes that were on the block, like <coughs> um income properties, you know, like multifamily homes. Smart man. He had a, a parking lot um across the street from where we lived that he owned and um the parking lot had a shed. He ended up turning the shed into like a convenience store. Damn. Um, Y'all still own that? Nah, it's sold it, it? It, 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 he's he sold it all. My grandfather died um in two thousand and sixteen. My yeah. grandfather died. But um he's he's before he moved like because he's from uh, Alabama originally. Okay. Um before he moved back to Alabama, he sold everything. So this is like around like two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Mm. He sold everything. He bought some land in Alabama where he's from and um he he built on the land and he had like a, a, a like a indoor pool, outdoor pool, a tennis court, basketball court. Oh, he built some big shit yeah, over there. Yeah, I still got that though, right? That's yeah, still in the yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. that's still yeah, that's still there. Um my grandmother lives there now, but So growing up as a kid, did you pick up on any of that business? Yeah, act, yeah. That, that you were he, like he inspired me a yeah. lot. Like whether he knew it or not, he he inspired me a lot to like to be um, you know, entrepreneurial and along with with my with my dad or whatever, like I, I have ca- I know I have characteristics of my dad, even though I don't know him as well as I would like to. Yeah. I know I have a lot of characteristics of my dad. So my dad, um, I can't tell you exactly what happened between him and my mom because they never gave me a straight story. So, but they never, they never, my mom never told me anything bad about my father. My father never spoke bad about my mother. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, That's very important. Very important. Yeah. So my, my, um, obviously I didn't grow up with my father. I grew up with my brother's father and actually my grandfather who I'm speaking of is his father. Yeah. That's not my biological grandfather. Yeah. What was the first like age four, age five? What was the 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 first moment experience. that you were like, yeah, first experience hip hop? All right, keeping it real, I didn't like rap when For I real? was a kid. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no. like I, there was songs that I liked, but yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like rap until I'm gonna tell you the story. Um, I used to listen to a lot of like classical music and opera. That's important too, man. Yeah. That's when I was important. when I was like like my first. The music that I fell in love first was that. Yeah. How'd you um, get into that though? Yeah. I'ma tell you. See my 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 um my grandfather that I was speaking of earlier, he bought me uh, I wanted toys. He bought me a radio. 
Oh shit! I did not want this radio. I cried. <laughs> you probably what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I cried. I probably had a tantrum. I I could see it in my head. I remember like being super super upset that he bought yeah. me a radio. <laughs> like, cause what he would normally do is he would take us to the army base and he would let us run through the store and pick whatever we wanted. Yeah. So whether it was like a game gear or whatever, like I, I like whatever we could grab, he would let us have. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? You know, like in the army, when you go to the base, they get discounts and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a friend that's in the army. Gets yeah. So yeah, we just would just go to like wherever the electronics place was, and we grab all types of games and all type of stuff. Like, but um, this Christmas he bought. I didn't go with them probably because I was with my mother. Yeah. So he bought something for me. He bought a radio. Yeah. And that radio was is instrumental to my life that's, later, but I didn't realize it then. Yeah. That's, so he when he bought me the radio, um, you know, like trying to tune the channels or whatever, like you you trying to find the channels to listen to or whatever. Sometimes it's like you know you get like distortion or whatever. Yeah. But I came across classical music, yeah. and that's what I used to listen to. So it caught your attention. Immediately. Yeah. So it caught my attention immediately. It wasn't until I was about maybe like six years old maybe like six or seven years old when um it, i started like paying attention to certain things all right so my my aunt my mom it was was me and my mom kind of like grew up together my yeah. mom's not that o- much older than me you know what i'm saying like yeah. she's she's older than me of course but it's not like by like uh, my mother had me when she was 18 yeah you know what i'm saying so we kind of like grew up together and yeah. and her my aunt my aunt sharice She's only 11 years older than me. Damn. So, um, Sharice used to take me everywhere with her. Like, if she was going to her boyfriend's house, she, she used to take me with her. If she was, like, going to the store, she used to take me with her. If she wanted to bring, like, she would bring me to the park. She would, I would follow her around. Yeah. She was young. She was a teenager around that time when I was, like, you know, six, seven years old. So, she used to bring me everywhere. So, I was influenced by a lot of the things that she was listening to. She was a big Jay-Z fan. Huge yeah. OD Jay Z yeah. fan, like the number one Jay Z fan. So that's when you officially got into hip hop. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it was slowly. It's different influences. So um, so, so you can't you so in terms of classical music, you can't remember the one classical song. Nah, you can't. I can't. Remember. Or hip hop. What about hip hop? Um, because usually I I mean the, he the, can remember. I think the first he, he what you the Return of the Mac. The, yeah, I mean, mine was Wayne. I was I was a I was a or fan of like MC Hammer. Yeah. You know, I had a I had a hammer doll and all that, but that's not real. MC Hammer doll? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, them. They, they, I remember the MC Hammer. I don't remember, I remember really. the doll. Nah, he had a cartoon. They had a doll. I remember the cartoon. I remember yeah. the doll. They milked yeah, MC I had the doll. I, had, I, I definitely had the doll. I gotta look. Yeah, that. I got. I, I got the doll for looks. for Christmas. Yeah, that, that, that doll is probably worth like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, worth some money now. I wish I had that doll right now. Yeah. But yeah, like um, that's not like considered like real hip hop. But you don't know that when you like five years old or yeah. whatever. So like my my first memories that I could tell you of like like hip hop and being like like turned on to it is. When Jay-Z first came out, Jay-Z had a song, and he had a video for a song called Feeling It. That was mm-hmm. on Reasonable Doubt. I remember yep. seeing that video, and my um, my aunt's little brother, by her father, by her and her biological father, they have a brother, like, she has a brother through him. Yeah. Not from my, my grandmother, from my mother's, my mom's side, but... Mm-hmm. 
I was around him and he was a little older than me too. He's probably like maybe like 13 or 14 at the time. He was a huge Jay-Z fan. Yeah. So he used to be like, yo, <laughs> like Jigga, Jigga yeah. you know, Jigga, he that guy. Yeah. Like, da, da, da. I used to be like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> so he had, yeah. he, he, like he, he kept, he had that video on tape and he kept playing it. And he played like a lot of other Jay-Z videos, like um, Can't Knock the Hustle and stuff mm-hmm. like that that was out at the time. So like him and my aunt turned me on to Jay-Z. Yeah. So then um, my cousin Rodney, Rodney was like a huge hip hop fan as well but he was a, a hip hop fan of more of guys that like had like knowledge itself or like you know what I'm saying conscious rappers Nas he was and shit. yeah Nas Wu-Tang yeah. um Common um Dead Prez people like that so yeah. that's where I got that side of me from too like and I that's and dope. I used to go through his CDs he used to have like if 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 you if you if anybody knows me from when I was younger <laughs> like my mom's friends um my my cousins, older cousins, my aunt, you know that I used to have my little CD player and I would sit in your house and I would go through all your CDs. <laughs> Every single CD that you had on your CD tower, I, I would I, go through all of I them. I hate when young kids go Re- through. Reading the book and everything. Yeah, reading, the, yeah, reading, the, the, reading yeah. the booklets, checking the credits and all of that. That's crazy. So like, that's where it really started like my love for hip hop. And then like like I said, like my aunt used to take me everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, she she I remember she brought me to her, her boyfriend's house. Her boyfriend actually lived across the street from from her. And um, she was living in my grandmother's building at the time. She was living with my great grandmother, and um, there was this guy she was dating across the street. I don't remember his name, but shout out to him. He had a little brother, mm-hmm. and his little brother knew all the words to M E T H O D by yeah. Method Man. Yeah, he knew every <laughs> single word. This is, he's the same age as me, so if I was six, he was six. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He knew every single word and. That like I guess the song had just came out around that time. It had to be like '94 or something like that. Yeah. Um, he played the song over and over and over and over, and I'll never forget that that line. That is that there's a there's a line in a, in a song where Method Man is like, I got myself a shorty i got myself a 40 and i'm about to like he kept saying that line like (laughs) i'm six years old yeah don't know what he's talking about (laughs) you don't know know nothing about no shorties you don't know nothing about no 40s they never have a 40 in his life but he kept saying that line all day long we would go to the store and he'll he'll like say that line out loud. Damn, like that crazy. line lived rent free in his mind <laughs> <laughs> forever. But yeah, so that's like my 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 first memories of hip hop. And then you know, um, as far as like me writing and stuff like that, that came around probably when I was like nine years old. Like, so it took a couple of years in your life. Yeah, remember your yeah. first rap? I don't remember my first first rap. What about now. first rap name? Cause everybody remember, um, you gotta my, remember my first rap name was Breeze. For real? Yeah. So without w- the Mantana, just the yeah, Breeze. Yeah, without the Mantana. So what um, made you come up with Breeze? Which what was the f- Breeze describes my personality, if you know me. Yeah. You know, okay. Quiet. Um, you know, um just I move a certain way, I walk a certain way. So it describes my personality. That name was given to me. I didn't make up that name. Who gave uh, it to um, you? Um um, just people around me, my friends, people around me, like they, okay. they, like they, they, they described me like that. Yeah. So that's it, it stuck. Um, my mother 
used to always say like like my mother being in the kitchen or something she'll be washing dishes or doing whatever she'll be in the refrigerator or she might be in her room in the closet or something and i'll just walk in the room but she wouldn't know i'm in the room so like when she turned around i scared the shit out of her <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like she'll be she used to always be like like boy make yourself known when you in the house <laughs> yeah. like you know what i'm saying like i used, I, like yeah, day, I yeah. used to always scare her i remember one time um my aunt was living with us at this time and my aunt was washing dishes at the sink and it was like around halloween i had a, like a halloween wolf mask and um my aunt's washing dishes and i tapped her shoulder with the mask on uh, and she could. turned around and she was she was scared shitless she beat me with the sponge <laughs> yeah she you can't be scared of people like that man. yeah but that's just goes to show you like like my personality and just how quiet i, I was always a quiet kid yeah. like all the that's time that's what i was about to ask you because usually like if i was going to name my kid breeze it would be something like a kid that's easy that doesn't cause any problems yeah. just, he's just a breeze yeah you know? i would i would just i would like be that. in my room i'd be drawing listening yeah. to music um, playing video games, but I'd be super it's, quiet. It's always the creative ones that are like that, man. I feel like the ones that are really loud and crazy. Like yeah. my brother, like on the creative, like drawing and art aspect, he's not really into, and he was always a loud one. I was a quiet one. I was more into the art shit like yeah. that. So it's usually the kids that are more quiet. Yeah, it's that. hard to know if we're in the same house together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's if we're in, if we're in the same house together and we're not in the same room, you wouldn't even know I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Because I, I don't mean that's that's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the, where did the man, Mantana name come from? Uh, Mantana came from, all right, so I'm, I'm going to give this breakdown. Mantana came from, it derives from Montana. Yeah. So in middle school, um, I used to be late sometime because <laughs> I was watching Scarface every morning. <laughs> not, not the whole thing. Yeah. Cause people be, when I say that people think it's the whole thing, I yeah. wasn't watching the whole thing. I was I would watch it in increments. Yeah. So I would watch it up to a certain point and yeah. then I would grab my bag and, and, and go to school. So when people found that out or whatever, they started calling me Montana. Yeah. So I'm I, I like later on I put the breeze with the Montana, but I always spelled Montana M A N T A N A. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't know anything about like copyrights and trademarks and things like that. Yeah. So I thought that if I use that for a rap name that I would get sued. So that's why I switched the O to an A. Yeah. And then around the time when uh, all of these different Montana started coming out, I changed the, uh, the like I I kept the spelling the same way, but I made the pronunciation actually Mantana. Yeah. So that's the explanation with my name. Okay. But so it's Breeze Mantana. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I remember it, first. Ori originally it was Breeze Montana, but it was yeah. spelled M-A-N-T-A-N-A. -A -A. Like you know when a Jamaican says man, it's mon. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not Jamaican, but <laughs> that I just decided like that would be the whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's so the, yeah, my name, both my names were given to me. I didn't, you know, I just put them together. Yeah, that's important. It's more organic that way yeah. too. So okay, so at one point, at what point? So you started writing at nine. Mm-hmm. And then at what point were you, did you release your music immediately or was it like I had to build up confidence to release? Because some artists struggle with that. Um, they either just drop it and they don't care and people are like, yo, this is dope or this is whack. And then they eventually build on that or they hold the music and then as time goes on, they're like, okay, I'm good enough. Let me drop the music. All right. So at nine years old yeah, and in, 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 in the 90s 
in New York, there was no way that you could record yeah. or whatever. Like the the way the industry is now was totally different then. So bad. Right, so I'm I'm gonna tell you how I got into music to begin with. All right, my 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 I have a younger sister named Anias. Mm-hmm. My younger sister Anias, my mother met her father like around like ninety seven or something like that, like ninety seven, ninety eight, probably like nine. It was it was ninety seven because I remember big big um, Ready to Die just came out. Yeah. So um, and he would play that in the car a lot. He was in the music industry. He was an A and R. Yeah. He used to work with Tony Dofat, um, that was like a bad boy producer. Um, shout out to Tony. Um, he used to work with Pete Rock. Um, he used to manage uh, a kid named Ali Vegas that that never really got his his just due. Um, yeah. And a, a a guy named Stagger Lee. You probably don't even know who Stagger Lee is because he he had one pop hit and then he kind of like disappeared. It was a Jewish kid from Yonkers, but um, yeah. So he he was heavily in the industry. Um, when she started dating him, that kind of gave me like an inside look on the industry, and I started being around certain people. So one time I remember this distinctively. I always tell this it's in my bio and all of that. We went to Pete Rock's house in Spring Valley. Pete Rock, as you, every, anybody knows, that's a legendary producer from Mount Vernon, New York. He's produced for everybody, for on Nas's Illmatic. Uh, he has his own music um, with, with CL Smooth. Um, uh, he produced for Jay-Z, for everybody. Anybody you could think of or whatever from the 90s, like that golden era he produced for. So we went to his house. That was one of his closest friends. And um, Pete Rock had, like, when we first went to the house, I was just worried about the video games. Mm-hmm. He had every single video game Damn. at that time that you could imagine. That's crazy. It, like, if, if he had Nintendo, regular Nintendo. He had Super Nintendo. And he had um, Genesis. And he would have the games stacked up. Like, he had all of these games stacked up. At that time, it was cartridges. Yeah. So it was all of these different games stacked up. And he had the, the, the big screen TV, you know, the, with the big back. Yeah. You know, like the old big screen TV. It's nothing like these. Yeah, that shit you know was horrible. Yeah, 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 he had the big. But at that time, <laughs> it was they amazing. were hot. Yeah, yeah They yeah. were amazing. Yeah. So he had the big screen TV with all the video games. And I was just worried about that. So then um, I don't know how we ended up downstairs in his den. But we went downstairs in the den. And he had the little studio set up. But before you got to the studio, like, in the den, there's this. Like um, this room, he had nothing but crates on the floor. Yeah, all crates. The whole floor was covered in crates. Like literally, you so, couldn't walk through because the whole floor was covered in crates. Yeah, the only pathway was to the studio area. So it, then he had another room where the studio. He had his keyboard. He had his beat machines and all of that. All that other stuff. His dat machines. You, you probably don't even know what a dat is. <laughs> all all that shit back then though yeah. was hard to a get to. That is like a little little tape. Yeah, it's a it's a cassette tape, but it's a little tape, and that's what dudes would put their albums on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Until you like, just like how we have like hard drives and USBs and all of that now. Yeah. They, they they have reels back then, yeah. so you would put the reel to reel, and you would put like the stuff on a dat. So if you had beats, you would have it on a dat. Yeah. If you had um, like songs and you wanted somebody to hear or whatever, like say you had like your album or whatever, you wanted somebody to hear, it would be on a dat. You know, everything would be on a dat. It's like a little tiny ass tape. 
So it's not the regular cassette. Nah, it's a small, tiny cassette. I remember tape. seeing those, yeah, here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it was like he had that in there, the dat player, like all that type of stuff. So from then, that's what kind of like sparked it for me. But it was a series of events. So it's that one thing, and then it was um one Christmas he got me. He had like like CDs from from Sony and all these other places or whatever. He would get free CDs, and if the CDs were saved for promotional use only, but they were like. Um, Singles they, and they, stuff? They, no, they were the actual CDs, like the actual albums, but he would get them free. Like he would get, like back then you used to get albums early. Yeah. If you worked in the industry or you worked That's in how the, the reviews building. and all that yeah, shit. That's yeah. How they, yeah, that's how they did reviews and stuff. So um, I got Don Cartagena by Fat Joe. Mm. Um, I got... Damn, boy, that's... Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got Big Puns, Capital Punishment. Shit. I got Damn. Cameron's Confessions of Fire. I got um that's why I'm still a big Cam fan to this day. That's one of my f- my first favorite rappers ever. Yeah. Um him and Pun is my first favorite rappers. Um and I got um DJ Clue the Professional Part 1. Mm-hmm. So those those four albums is really what influenced my style to this day and especially early on with writing. Yeah. I was, I'm a huge big Pun fan. Like still to this day, like yeah, pun is ridiculous. He's like, he's definitely in my top five, like of all time. But yeah, so those those events is what started me writing, and um, at first I sounded like pun and Eminem. Everybody sounds like somebody. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first started writing those, that's who I sound sound like, like pun and Eminem. So this was like in '99. Yeah, like '99, 2000. Yeah. Um, like right before Pun died, like yeah. like Pun died in 2000, so it was like 99, and that's when I started writing. And I I kept it to myself at first. Um, what was the reason? You just you're like I don't want anybody to know, or everybody's gonna laugh, or what's the? Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily that I that I thought people were gonna laugh. It's just that I didn't I didn't think, think it was good enough at the time. I or? didn't think that people should know yet until I got you know because I just started. Yeah, some so, people. That's what I'm saying. Some people just drop their shit. They don't yeah. care. And then actually, my brother found my brother found out I was rapping. My younger brother, and he tried to crack jokes. Like <laughs> I, I remember, like him and my my aunt's boyfriend at the time. Um, he I ended up telling him like, "Oh, he be trying to write raps and <laughs> da, like, whatever." Like you yeah. know, what I'm saying they was trying to crack jokes. Yeah, but um, that always no, happens. Nobody didn't know that I rap. Like people, like people that I knew in elementary school, like I, I tried to like form a rap group. I used to try to write their rhymes for them. Yeah, I would try to like <laughs> draw their logos for them and stuff like that or whatever. But um, the majority of like the town didn't know I rapped until um, like around like middle school. Um, I went to to the bathroom. This is in the seventh grade. I went to the bathroom and there was a cipher. This is the first time I ever seen a cipher in person. Damn. So there was a cipher in the bathroom. They was all like, I guess kind of like cutting class to the best of what you could do in middle school like they yeah. all just said they was going to the bathroom and they was rhyming so i i just joined the cypher and i spit and that was the first time like most like the people like it got around that i rap yeah in public was, yeah so, in public yeah, yeah. so I, I i spit one verse in a cypher and then what was the response you got crazy yeah so yeah, that that yeah, obviously yeah. gives confidence yeah, at that it, point it, so. was, it was ridiculous but like 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 i said i used to rhyme like like eminem and pun yeah so it was a lot of like compound syllables 
You know what I'm saying? Like multi-syllabic. I still multi-syllabic rhyme, but it was like a lot of like compound syllables back then. Like you that's know a hell saying? of a way to start because most yeah. people don't start like that. But um, I was always an avid reader. Yeah, that's important yeah. too, man. I was always mm-hmm. an avid vocabulary. Yeah, I was always an avid reader. I always had a a, a wide voc- vocabulary. Yeah, I used to be on punishment, and my mom would um, I didn't, I couldn't do anything else but read. So yeah. yeah, and I was always on punishment because I was always doing something. <laughs> yeah. So my mom had these. Um, she ordered these encyclopedias for me, and yeah. I would just read the encyclopedias Damn. whenever I was on punishment. That's that's amazing because most artists don't even read, let alone encyclopedias. Yeah, so. I used to, I used to read the encyclopedias front to back from A to Z. Like yeah. if, if I like depending on how long I was on punishment for, you yeah. know, I would just crack one of those things open. <laughs> you know, I, eventually I was in an uh, on punishment enough to get to at least like Q yeah. or something. Damn. Or sometimes I would pick, you know, I, I would pick around after a while. I would just pick around. But yeah, that's how I know like a lot about history, yeah. like American history, world history. Um, I always did well in history and science because of that. I hated so, history. I, I love those are my favorite subjects. Because no, because I mean, because I was obviously raised in Europe, so I didn't really. I was like, man, I'm interested in what happened yeah, in my own right. home country rather than here. So I was like, ah, it is what it is. Like I didn't, you know. But I think science is the one that I really love. You yeah, know, math I, and history. I was like, ah. Yeah, I always loved science, history, and English, and I always excelled in those subjects because I read the encyclopedia so much. So when I would come to school and they're teaching these things. I already know this. Yeah, that's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I know it already. Yeah. So it's like, like, all right, they're just learning. I knew this already. Yeah. Like, I, I went through that when I, cause I grew up in Boston. Yeah. So when I moved to south, when I moved down south, there was a lot slower when it came to school. So the shit I was learning down south, I was yeah, like, man, I, I already learned that yeah. shit. Yeah. And it kind of fucked me up, cause it made me lazy. It's like, well, shit, I ain't really gotta pay attention to shit, cause I know it. Yeah. Oh shit. No, nah, you good. You good. Uh, uh, before we go any further, I actually, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, Have you ever been in a cipher? Me in a cipher one time. Okay. And I stole Chameleonaire's lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, "What was the lie?" They, 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 they ain't even. They know. Ain't catch on. Uh, yeah, they said this guy cold <laughs> as fuck, bro. I was like, "Hell yeah, I know what I'm talking about." <laughs> I got. I actually won. I think I was. I was pretty. I was like, "Off of using somebody else's yeah. lyrics." <laughs> hey man, it happens today, man. Fuck it. <laughs> I that, it was some cold shit though. People were like, "Damn, this guy can spit." So that's why I got into music a little bit. I was like, "Man, if I if I can steal somebody's lyrics, I can rap too, man. Come on." I didn't mean to throw off the subject. I just, I just, no, I never, I never. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just can't imagine quaking. Uh, <laughs> hey man, I used to, no, I can write. I know you can. I know you I can, can rap and shit. Yeah, no, I ghost written for uh, a European uh, female artist. Yeah, the record actually did good too. So you know, That's so fine. one of them didn't land on the album. The other one did fucking pretty good not bad man that's dope you got paid for it? yeah i got paid decent amount it was like okay. 400 dollars, something okay. like that so that's not bad for like a 16 year old man nah, that's dope hell yeah no. so i can i can ghostwrite man everybody needs some ghostwriters over there. <laughs> i do quinn miller <laughs> quinn miller 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> all right well where were you at um cyphers right in, yeah in like how I, how i started rhyming and all that how i first got into yeah to rhyming so um at this point you were in your teens right when you're doing the cyphers um yeah like 13 yeah yeah, like like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. When so, did the studio come? When did recording? Okay, so the studio came around when I want to say when I was fifteen. Still so, in New York. Yeah, still in okay. New York. So another legendary producer named Spunk Bigger. 
Spunk Bigger worked with everybody. Like I, I, I can't go through his credits. You have to like just search his name and you can find out like things that he's done. Yeah. Just Google Spunk Bigger producer. As of late, the latest thing that he's done was something on on, on Pop Smoke's album. Okay. Damn. So um, he's still still doing it. Yeah, the joint with, with 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 Christian Combs on it is the joint that he co-produced. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Spunk Bigger. I don't even remember how. Oh, okay. So my brother was dating a girl named Javon. Mm-hmm. Javon's stepfather was Spunk. Um, I don't remember how I got introduced to Spunk or how it came about, but I know that's the connection that I had to him. Yeah. So um, Spunk, I ended up, I think, no, somebody brought me to Spunk House, matter of fact. I think it was this this kid named Spills that I used to hang out with when I was a kid. He, he brought me to Spunk House, but I knew Spunk's daughter already because my brother used to talk to her. Yeah. And um, did you know you're you're going to Spunk's house or did you just say? Yeah, I think he told me like uh, this dude, he got a studio set up or whatever. He's a legendary producer that uh, whatever. Yeah. So I got the, we got the Spunk House and Spunk was the first person ever to record me. Damn. Um, And he, he actually him and his son, his son's is younger than me. Yeah. They 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 actually I was a in high school at the time they were probably like eight years old like seven yeah. or eight years old but they were writing and rapping too they taught me song arrangement and how to count bars that's important too yeah I, didn't, I, like, I, no I, I used to just rhyme yeah you know what no I'm most rappers don't yeah. know you know that i no just idea. used to rhyme until i felt like it was time to stop yeah if it sounded like i was it was time to stop then i would stop and then i would have a hook or whatever but they taught me song arrangement so spunk and his two sons and Antoine, um, they um, Ant and Antoine, sorry, they 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 taught me uh, song like song arrangement and stuff like that. So you're going whatever. through the hip hop school. Yeah, so, so um, we st- like Spunk made beats, so he had beats on deck, and he just had like endless beats. Did he make you rewrite anything? Um, like take words out and yeah. stuff like that, like make make the rhymes smoother or whatever. Because I know some artists they have to like. They're not seasoned. They don't know how to write hooks and stuff. They have to keep rewriting hooks until. Yeah, like he he, like he um he helped me a lot. Like he, yeah. he's I always I always give it up to. You him. still got the first track you ever recorded? Nah, <laughs> no. if I do, they're probably some like I, I might have them somewhere in like storage or something. Like when I moved from um New York here, yeah, I might have them CDs somewhere around. But um, I got the first track I recorded. Shit was ass. Yeah, cashing was, out. The, I was like the first track. I was I was I was saying some shit. Yeah. Um. I just I just don't remember the whole rap, but I I remember I remember part of it. I think it was like um, at age nine started spitting sixteen. At sixteen held nines that was spitting sixteen. <laughs> Not hard. I spit natural born flows. The four fifth apart your head like cornrows. Damn. Yeah. Um. Damn. I don't remember the rest bars, of the drum. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's bars yeah, for a teenager. I, yeah, I had shit. I had some bars. Yeah, I had, I had some bars, but um, you know I I um. So I, what, I, I developed a lot since then. Did you, um, at that point when you started recording, you're like, yo, let me see if I can get a project going, or maybe have you ever considered going to a rap group or? All right, so like- so after that, um, after Spunk, like the CD started getting around school, and you know people started hearing it. My so man, you, you were on Spunk's like compilation mixtape, or that nah, it was like he he let me burn it on a, on oh, a CD. Okay, okay. So like. My friends had copies of it, and they would just let people hear it. Yeah. And at that time, I was like heavy in the, in the battle and in ciphers in school. Like in high school, like I was, it was so bad that 
I used to get pulled out of class to Damn. battle. Like <laughs> I would, I'll be in math class or something, and niggas would be knocking on the window. Like people would be knocking on the window. Excuse me, I don't know if I could. No, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like niggas would be knocking on the window. Like yo, yo. Yeah. Like people would be interrupting. I used to have this teacher, this math teacher. He was in a wheelchair. I don't remember his name. Yeah. In Mount Vernon High School, but um. People didn't have too much respect for him, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, they used to just interrupt his class and be like, "Yo, Breeze, yo, damn, yo, oh, yeah, yeah, like, class. like, yo, um, somebody want to battle you in the courtyard? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. And, and you would just get up like, and hey, I just get up and dip. Peace. Yeah, get you up and have dip. Respect for or, me. Or, 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 yeah. <laughs> or sometimes I wouldn't go to class because somebody wanted to battle. Yeah. So I'd be in like there was three lunch periods. There was um, there was. I, th- I believe four, fifth, and six. Yeah. And I used to be in all all three lunch periods battling niggas. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like I like like anybody. That's like, how you get better though. Yeah, so. I'd be in ciphers. That's how I built my confidence too. Yeah. That's you know what I'm saying? Know, like yeah. where I became like as far as like rap goes, like I became arrogant. I, I feel like man, today's time that's missing. Yeah. You know, rappers it's because there is there isn't none of that. People aren't having ciphers because people aren't spitting real bars. On top of that, just the internet kind of yeah, the ended internet, that. Yeah, yeah, the internet killed that that yeah. whole interaction. But yeah, I mean that's important, man. That's that's a lot of the legends. They actually been in ciphers. They've been rapping, you know, getting their courage up, getting their bars up, all that, and then the confidence through the roof once they actually yeah, make right. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Once once you once you get that helps your confidence a lot. Like you get into ciphers and you start actually like tearing heads off yeah. or whatever. It, it, it builds your confidence. All right, so I went from the ciphers to in in school like. In Mount Vernon High School, they used to have, like, a music room. Um, You couldn't record in there, but you could do, like, play the piano, and dudes would rap in there, and they would, I think they might have had, like, even a beat machine in there at that time. I'm not too, um, I don't want to freestyle. I don't really remember. But I know they used to have a music room where a lot of the dudes that rap used to go to in the music class. So um, I wasn't, I didn't have music, but I used to go to the room sometimes with other people. So I, I met, I ended up meeting this dude named, um, his, his name was Dermain or whatever. Like, he ended up calling him A. A um, went on to be uh, a, a Million or whatever. I don't know if you're familiar with A Million. A Million used to put out, like, Dipset mixtapes and all of that, like, in the late 2000s. I saw that stream yeah, service. That's yeah, definitely yeah that, that, was, that, was, that was my man from high school. So okay. A... a a was a well, he he was an inspiring producer and he had a record label that even at 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 this age in high school he had a record label That's called crazy. um Back Down Entertainment mm-hmm. and he got the Back Down Entertainment from the song Back Down with Fifty so um he wanted us to be part of Back Down Entertainment so we 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 used to go to his crib and he didn't have no, no crazy setup he had a regular computer mic. Like you know, a, a mic. Like if you remember, like the 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 PCs from back then, they had like this stupid little mic. Right, no, you know what I'm saying? Like so, then he 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 ended up developing from that, from having like a real microphone with a pop stopper and all of that, and we recorded on that. But he had like these weak programs. You know what I'm saying? At that like they they were popping back then, but at now like you look at them, they were like weak. Yeah. So like we we started putting out mixtapes under Back Down Entertainment. Yeah. So the first mixtape. So it was basically a, a compilation yeah, of artists. Yeah, it was a compilation of artists. It was me, and maybe like ten other rappers that I was cool with at the time. Were you guys competing on 
Nah, we weren't competing. We were friends. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, if you guys were featured on the same track. Oh, was yeah. Like, I was always competitive. Yeah. I always wanted the best verse. Yeah. That's, that still stands with me till this day. Yeah. Like, if you want a song with me, I want the best verse. Uh, yeah. I don't care who I'm on the song. Yeah. That's important. I, I, yeah. yeah I, I want the best verse. I have to have the best verse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's just, it's not no knock to you. It's just that. Nah, you got to yeah. come for the end, man. It's, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, you know. I'm not going to diss you in a song, but yeah. I want the best. I have to have the best verse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like doing posse cuts. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so. We'll just be like recording over there, recording at his house. We put out the first mixtape. We sold it. It got around the hood. We probably sold like maybe like five hundred to a thousand copies or something like that for like yeah. five dollars each or something. You remember like what that. it was titled? Um, no, I don't remember the title. It, it, was, it was probably like back down volume one or something like that. Yeah. And then we put out a volume two probably like a couple months later or a year later or something, and that got around the hood. It even created some problems for me with like other rappers and stuff like that or whatever. But it got me more known in the neighborhood for rapping, like yeah. aside from the battles. All right, around like like two thousand and six, um, when I first moved to Rockland County, I wasn't writing at all. Yeah. Like, I didn't write nothing. I didn't have access to a studio. I didn't know anybody or nothing. So, um, my cousin, my cousin Brittany was dating this guy named Shair at the time. Yeah. Or Pierre. His, his nickname is, is Shair. So he was dating him. His brother is a guy by the name of Devon Rhymes, D. Rhymes. His brother rapped. His brother used to be uh, signed to, to Wyclef label, yeah. like the same label that... Um, that uh, City High was signed to. Yeah. Um. The, what would you do if your son was at home? Like those that group. Yeah. They were signed to Wyclef's label, that same label house that they were on. So he was signed. It was it was a group called Skills University that he was in. Um. So he has a, like a long history with, you know, hip hop or whatever, and he was like on the verge of being signed a few times. Yeah. But um. She was dating Shah. Shah and his brother was doing a thing, and they had a, a, a label called Into the Dorm Entertainment. So, um, 2006, right? Yeah, this is like 2005, 2006. Okay. So I haven't I haven't written in forever, mind you. But yeah. I, I got all rhymes, but I haven't really written like that. So um, Brittany keep bothering me. Like, yo, my boyfriend... He do music, his brother, da 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 da. <laughs> and like I said, I was I'm like, when it comes to music, I can admit, when it comes to music and the way that I look, um, I was real arrogant when I was younger. Of course, I'm way more humble now because I've matured. Yeah. But there's certain things, of course, like you know, what I'm saying, I know I'm that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, but um, at that time, I was super arrogant. So if you was telling me something, because I I felt like I've accomplished a lot as you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, hood fame and being... Yeah, with the ciphers. Yeah, with the ciphers too. and all of that and being that dude, like, you know what I'm saying? As far as rap music goes, yeah. then um, there's nothing you could tell me. So, I, like, I used to brush her off. Like, people like, oh, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. I'm like, everybody raps, man. Like, everybody's boyfriend, cousin, somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, who cares? Like, I used yeah. to just brush her off. So, at this point, I don't have any uh, like any outlets 
So I'm like, you know, you know what? Let me give her a try. You know what I'm saying? See what she's talking about. So she gave me his number. We ended up talking or whatever. We we shared AIM names or whatever, like, and we started talking on AIM and stuff. He was, he sent me his brother's music on AIM, and he was like kind of like playing like manager or A and R to his brother. He didn't rap himself. Yeah. So he sent me the music, and the music was fire. I was like, oh. The music's crazy. Yeah. So um, I spit a verse to him over the phone, and the verse ended up becoming this song called "Check Please" or whatever. It was like on a on a on a on a Dipset beat with J like it was a JR Ryder Jay Bezel beat. I don't know if you're familiar with like JR Ryder and Jay Bezel from so, that. JR Ryder sounds familiar. Yeah, JR Ryder was like signed to Cam and signed a Dipset, and J Jay Bezel was like. I knew Hellrell. Yeah, a few yeah, they guys. they were like like they they were like the like the third tier of like dip, diplomat artists. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it was like a, a beat. I don't remember the original name of the beat, but I I ended up naming it Check Please, and um, I don't, I can't remember the rhyme right now. Excuse me, but yeah, yeah. So I ended up that was the verse that I spit to him over the phone. So he developed a um a, he wanted to put together a tape called the 914 mixtape. 914 is the area code of Westchester. So Mount Vernon, Yonkers, New Rochelle, uh, Scarsdale, whatever, Peekskill, they all have a 914 number. Yeah. So um, he was. They, they, it started out them trying to get like just different dudes from those cities that rapped on the mixtape. Yeah. But then it just turned into a me and him thing because, you know, people be BSing and stuff like that or whatever. It's hard to get... To put together a, a compilation with indie artists. Yeah. So, um, was that yeah. the is that the tape that's on the streaming platform? No, that okay. that tape is that tape is probably on datpiff.com, but I'm not too sure. I don't remember. Yeah, there's one on streaming platforms. I don't know what what year that came out, but that's a uh, Dipset tape that you were on. Oh no 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 no! Not, so not that's that. down that's, line. That's, that's a millions tape. That's that's the the other dude I told you I knew from high school. That's yeah. a millions tape. But yeah, never mind that. Like um. That the mixing on that song is horrible. I hate that that that's even on the internet. But yeah, um, so the nine one four mixtape is really like my first official release, and I say that because of the way it was pushed. It was different. Yeah, it was the first time I had a professional cover done with a professional, like you know, like hard copy CDs with a professional cover, and we pressed up five thousand, ten thousand. Tapes and back you know then was a big deal. That yeah. was a big deal back yeah. then. You yeah. know what Nowadays, I'm like oh, whatever. But yeah, so I, I like that was um I was officially like a part of Into the Dorm at that point or whatever, and I was rolling with them. Um, D. Roms and his brother Shaw, they were like um uh, like mentors to me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I and a lot of the things that I do now is 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 still reminiscent of them and and where I got like I I. Like I learned a lot about marketing from them. Yeah. I learned a lot about just um hustle from them. Yeah. Like they, they really groomed me. You no, know what I'm saying? What I know is about you, you're a sponge, man. It's important to yeah. always, you know, not think you know everything. That's mm -hmm. the problem with people. Some people think they know everything. Right. Even when they're young. I'm like, how the fuck do you know everything at like seventeen? Yeah, right. But yeah, you have to whenever there's somebody that's experienced more in a field than you. It's just common sense, man, to just right. listen. You know, they might not know everything. And it might be, it might not be the most accurate thing, mm -hmm. but it is important to listen. You yeah, know? Th those dudes, shout out to them. They're super, yeah. super smart. Yeah. 
some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, especially yeah. um, D-Rhymes. Like one of the smartest and most intelligent men I've ever met in my whole entire lifetime. Knows about everything in every facet of life, not just music, but just life in general. Super knowledgeable dude. He's an avid reader. You know what I'm saying? He pays attention. He uh he has clairvoyance. You can see things ahead of time. Yeah. You know, he's shout out to him. It's important yeah. to have people like that, yeah. Yeah. So um they taught me a lot. So he put out that first mixtape with them and um the nine oh four mixtape. That was around like oh five, oh six. And then um oh seven I did a tape called Um If I Was Signed to Star Trek. Now, if I was signed to Star Trek was a part of a uh, a series that we were doing called the School Days series. Yeah. The School Days series consists of if I was signed to Star Trek, which was Volume Three, and if I was signed to Rockefeller, which was Volume Two. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. yeah. We never we never did Volume One because we wanted people to anticipate. It was like like reverse marketing. Like we wanted people to um, anticipate or ask where Volume One was. Because volume two and volume three was out. That's this, genius. This, this was this was D Rom's idea. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He was the brainchild behind. Because most people, yeah, most people ask like, "Yo, yeah. it's already volume two. Where the hell is yeah, volume? Yeah, where's volume one? So then, yeah, you just yeah, drop so it. So then we would drop volume one. So technically, that's volume three, but it's right. Reversed. We, we never, we never, we never dropped volume one, unfortunately. But um, yeah, but yeah. So um, if I was signed, a Rockefeller consisted of him rhyming on. All Rockefeller beats at that time. Yeah, and then Star Trek yeah, Pharrell. Yeah, and Star Trek was Pharrell. So yeah. that it was, it was. We sold both CDs at the same time, though. Damn. Yeah. So like they were a package deal. You you yeah. had to get one if you wanted the other one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we we packaged them both together. But um. Uh, yeah. So we released we released those. Um. They at first like I used to just like expect them to do everything for me you yeah. know what i'm saying because that's i was a kid and that's how you know what i'm saying they kind of like groomed me so then it got to a point where we would have meetings or whatever we would have like these weekly meetings and they told me like yo breeze you gotta like if you want this you gotta like put in more work yeah put in more work you gotta we don't don't wait for us to do something like yeah go do it like you got the you, like i had all of these covers or whatever from the volume three mixtape from um star trek like yo, go get them printed up. Yeah. Like you know, whatever. So hands on with the yeah, shit, man. Yeah, get hands yeah. on. So I printed yeah. up more copies, or whatever, and I got busy. And you know, I, I um, I pushed around like like ten thousand copies. Damn. Like a little, Did you ever go to like concerts and events and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. I, see, I, that's what I was gonna get to. Like yeah. I, that's how I would get off the tapes. So around that time, they had like allhiphop.com week. Um, they had like different festivals. They had CMJ at that time. Yeah, like it was a whole bunch of like different stuff going on in the city. Like the city was like New York City was really like lit up at this time. Like it was. I mean, New York's the main yeah, like. Yeah, it was a it was a whole lot of things going on at this time. So this is like 2007. Yeah. Um, there was a, like a lot of like just all types of events going on where you yeah. could just pull up, and I was old enough to get in a club, but I would hand out my CDs outside. Yeah. So um that's what I would do a lot and I ended Did up you ever get did you ever get anybody that was like nah I don't want this shit or threw it away in front of you or um, cuz I know a lot of artists upcoming like Fetty Wap tells the story all the time. He would just hand people the Trap Queen single or the like the mixtape with that track mm -hmm. 
Some people just throw it away in front of his face. Yeah, no, nobody ever like did anything blatant to me like that. But one time, I know I gave Styles P my CD more <laughs> than on more than one occasion that yeah. I seen him because I would see him a lot. Yeah. So I gave him my CD a lot, probably like five times. Yeah, man, this guy's back again, man. Yeah, because uh, like I remember, I remember one time DJ Clue. It was DJ Clue birthday party, and he had a, a party at a place called Spotlight Live in the city. It was yeah. like near Times Square. It was like a couple blocks away from Times Square, and he had on this like velvet, um, velvet uh, smokers jacket yeah. or whatever. And he had two girls with him. He had on a, like a top hat. <laughs> and he had two girls on his arm and he hopped out the Rolls Royce and I tried to give him the CD and he was like, oh, what you want me to do with that? I don't got no pockets. <laughs> so he gave it to one of the chicks and the uh, chick, I think the chick put it in her bag or something like that. And then they kept it moving and they walked inside the club. Like, like I said, I wasn't yeah. old enough to get inside the club. Yeah. So they just like, he, he took it. Yeah. But that's like the probably like the most that ever happened with me getting like denied or something like that. Like yeah. From from like a big artist. So yeah, so that was 2007. So um at what point did you drop your own solo mixtape? All right, my on my, your own. Uh, my own solo mixtape. So I was still on Into the Dorm at yeah. that time. But I started working on a project. This is around the time I became familiar with who you were and um, a lot of other like bloggers like Big Chew and people like that. Yeah, let's talk about how we actually met and yeah. then we'll get into that. All right. Um, so I think I th it was Twitter, right? Yeah, I assume it's it was Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Usually Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. And I think Dennis, mm -hmm. uh, Dennis, <laughs> he's a beast. Shout out to Dennis. Uh, he Shout was, out to my man Dennis. Man. Yeah, he's a beast. I, did you link up with him in New York ever? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, when, he, when he first moved, when he first moved to America, yeah, we linked up. Oh, that's dope. How did that go? Um, he came to one of my shows. He's, yeah. he's real dope. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's cool as hell. Yeah, he's uh, cool as hell. Shout out to Dennis, man. Yeah, shout out to him. He was blogging Big support for support our minds. Yeah, he was blogging for diverse mentality. Right. A, a certain not diverse mentality, diverse hip hop. Yeah, right now diverse, diverse hip hop. Mentality. Yeah. Yeah, diversehiphop.com. That was a site that I was running since I think 2008, um, and then I think he was mentioning you or maybe I ran to when he posted it. Cause he would, he would sometimes take care of the unsigned section. You know, yeah. we had DHH unsigned talent. Right. I remember when I blasted that email out, I got like 10,000 emails in a day, bro. It was yeah. insane shit. But then, yeah, he, he, I think posted you and he's like, go ahead and check him out. I was like, yeah, let me go check him out. I really fuck with the music. I don't remember what track I heard first. Mm -hmm. but I know one of them was Married to the Money, and I was like, damn, this shit is fire. That was, like, my favorite. Actually, I had, like, married, when I sent you Married to the Money. I was probably later. I, we, yeah, we already had a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from, from the music I put out prior. But yeah. I sent you Married to the Money way before I ever put it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got. We, yeah. we had a relationship for probably, like, three years already at that point. Yeah, it was on yeah. Twitter, so... Yeah. I remember um, he was, yeah, posting. We were checking out. We were, you know, on Twitter. And then eventually you came to Atlanta for A3C. A3C, yeah. Yeah, so that was the first time I met you in person. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then, yeah, I think from there you did the shows. We did an interview for Diverse Hip Hop. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just want to give a backstory to the fans of, you know. Yeah, that was uh, way before Married to the Money was even put out. Because I recorded Married to the Money in 2013. But yeah. I didn't release it until 2018. 
Yeah. So, I had that like probably since I was yeah, 14 yeah, or 15. Yeah, you probably <laughs> had it since 14 cuz yeah. your, your your man mixed it. Yeah. Yeah, your yeah, man, party. Your man, shout yeah, out to him. Yeah. Your man mixed it. Yeah. Yeah, I was bumping that in the in the car a lot. Yeah, way before anybody had it. Yeah, I had some people yeah. ask me like what the fuck where where you get this track from? I was like, man, it's not even out yet. That's how exclusive I got this shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um my first uh, I'm still on into the dorm or whatever. It's 2000. I started recording. I had a, a project called You Only Live Twice. Yeah. I started recalling You Only Live Twice in 2008. In 2008, um, I just had like a, I recorded the project and it wasn't like completely finished. I was still working with Shaw. Shaw was like my A&R, so and my, my A&R and my manager. So Shaw was like, nah, I need like two more songs, two or three more songs, whatever, like go back and work with on it. So that, that uh, it went from 2008, it turned into like 09. So oh nine, I, I officially finished the project or whatever. Um, it still had to be like mixed and mastered a little bit or whatever. But then um, oh nine, I started going through like a lot of different things. And like late two thousand and eight, I found out that I was having a, a kid. Yeah. Um, I ended up. I was having, gonna ask yeah, you yeah, about. Yeah, I ended up having a um my my daughter or whatever. But um, how did that impact in terms of music? Because then now you got to focus on. The whole situation was crazy because I was cheating on my girlfriend yeah. and ended up getting somebody else pregnant at the time. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, so that like that was happening. I had stopped hustling. I had a job, ended up losing my job. Um had to balance all that stuff. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was a lot going on personally. I um But that creates good music content. Yeah, it sure. did create great music content, but it was just it was a lot in the moment. Yeah, a yeah, lot in of the moment. It was a lot to handle and do music. So I was I was going through a breakup because I cheated on my girl. Was having another girl. Yeah, I lost my job. Um, um, at the time, I'm like doing a whole bunch of like crazy stuff to try to get some money and pay my rent and stuff like that because I lived on my own. Yeah, just like doing like you know like. Like robbing people and yeah. all type of crazy shit like that or whatever. So I ended up getting um, caught with my first real case as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught a gun charge in 2009. 2009? Yeah, 2009 in Harlem. I caught a gun charge. And um, what happened was, I'm not going to get too crazy in the detail, but my man, my man got shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was waiting for the ambulance to come pick him up. And when the ambulance came to pick him, I mean, when the cops came to the scene before the ambulance came, they ended up patting me down. They found a gun. Damn. So um, I ended up um, fighting that case for a year. Um, I was one of the last people in New York State, because anybody that knows at that time, they had just passed the mandatory minimum sometime around that time. Like it was automatic three and a half to seven. Yeah. What um, was the, because I know with Wayne, he got locked up in. What was it, 2009? I was actually going to court with, I wasn't, I never seen Wayne, yeah. but I was, I had the same judge as him yeah, and Ja Rule. Sounds, that's all, yeah, that's yeah. all, yeah, Ja Rule was I had, too. This, I had the same judge as him and Ja Damn, Rule. Damn, that's crazy. But, um, like, I would see Ja Rule in court sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he would always walk in and he'd expect people to be like, like, oh my God, you're Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah. But, like, no, I ain't like, like, he used to, like, look at me, I'd be in a, in, a, in a joint and he would look at me or whatever, like, 
because I know you're Ja Rule, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And no disrespect to Ja Rule, he's a legend. But yeah. I'm not, like, I'm from Mount Vernon, New York, man. Yeah. We not, like, I'm from New York, period. So we not, like, hung up on, like, celebrities and stuff yeah. like that. We don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if we see you, we might say what up if we, if, if we so mess with you. So he ain't saying anything or nothing? Yeah, he just, like, he would, do, he would look at me and I'll look at him. But he's like looking at me in a way that he expects me to like fan out or something. Yeah, nobody I, does. I, I I ran into yeah, that. Yeah, and times. nobody don't I care. Like yeah. I don't care. Like I'm in court right now. I don't yeah. care. I'm fighting for my life. I don't care. Exactly. About you More being, important shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, nobody care about you being gyro. I had that problem with uh when I was doing the little Dirk was shooting the video with my car, and I'm not gonna say her name, but she was directing the video. Yeah. She's huge, right? Yeah. So she was just expecting everybody to fan out of her. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck, man, who you are. Like, that's not a big deal. I understand the only, there's only a few people that I would be like, whoa, like this guy's here. That's fucking insane. Yeah, like, like 50. 50, Dave yeah. Chappelle. Like, there's a few select, but yeah, I don't fan out. I don't really, you know, and plus you're dealing with life situations. Yeah, it's a, it's a real a life situation. First of all, yeah. I'm, 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 this is my first official case. Yeah. I'm possibly facing five years Damn, that's of my life. Crazy, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm 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 um I'm on a thirty five thousand dollar bail. Yeah. Like Damn. I don't care about you being whoever. <laughs> and this is no like I said, this is no disrespect. No, man. I mean every He's time. Yeah, every time artists yeah. say that, I'm like, do people really give a fuck? Because they're going through their own shit. Yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm going through real life. So me seeing you. And you looking at me and me looking, I'm like, who? I don't, it's not like I you're gonna care. you're gonna take care of his case yeah, anyways. Yeah, exactly. It's so. not like I'm gonna be like, yo, could you give me your autograph? Yeah, like, I'm in court. <laughs> exactly. Like, but yeah. So I used to see him all the time. The the um, I never seen Wayne, but Wayne caused the big commotion to where I was late to the courtroom because he was outside. Damn. So he got me in trouble because he was outside. How is that your fault, though? <laughs> the judge doesn't care, man. That's this is this bullshit. is this is a hundred center street in Manhattan. Yeah, court. that's some bullshit. He doesn't give a fuck Damn. about that. Little Wayne was outside, and you couldn't get in the building. You probably don't even know why weren't you here earlier? Yeah, yeah, like he doesn't care. Yeah, damn. You know what I'm saying? So I I actually got in trouble because Little Wayne was outside, and they they were pressed and all of that outside, and yeah. I was late to court. Impossible. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot of people. It there. was impossible to get inside the building. We're talking about Manhattan, 100 Center yeah. Street. So you explain There's, that to judge? Judge like I don't he give didn't a fuck. give a fuck. <laughs> Damn, he man. didn't care. I would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and like my my lawyer was trying to explain to him. Yeah. Whatever, and I tried to explain to him. He did not care. This is Wayne at his peak yeah, too. This, this is 2009. This is, yo, this is. Carter three wins. Yeah, this is Wayne at his peak before he did that rock shit. Every news station ever yeah. in New York was outside. That's you know what I'm saying? Crazy. Even Telemundo was outside. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so I couldn't get upstairs. I was late yeah. at one time. But yeah, so I was fighting my case the same time they was fighting them. But I didn't have no priors as an adult. And um, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, my lawyer was able to first. The first deal he came out with was like a, a a four to six or some shit. Like I do four months in jail, and then six do probation. Two, two, yeah, some shit like that. It was some shit like that or whatever. Some deal like that. Yeah. So or or like um, it was like a four and five. I do four months in jail and do five years probation. Some shit. Yeah. He ended up working it out to where I just did straight probation. So I'm one of the last person to ever receive. Um, shout out to Mark Weinstein. Yeah, that was my lawyer at the time, Jewish guy. Yeah. So, that I was one of the last people ever in the state to receive five years probation for a gun. Damn, I'm, five, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna say 
the last person, but I was one of the la- the yeah. last people. Before they changed the law. Yeah, before they changed the law. So they, they had just passed it. Yeah. But I made I squeezed it Damn, in. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and Mark, um um Mr. Weinstein or whatever, he told me. The reason why I know that is because he told me this. Damn. He said it out of his mouth. His exact words was, you're going to be one of the last people in the state to get this. So <laughs> you you better pray to God and, and be happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And do the right thing after this. Yeah. Of course, I ain't do the right thing. But anyway, <laughs> like, yeah, so I was going through that at the time. So um, from from so this is 09. 2010, I'm going through the motions or whatever. Mind you, you're on probation, too. Yeah, I'm so. on probation. I'm going through the motions. Was there specific times you have to probably be home and all that? Yes, yeah, specific. I didn't really have like a. I, I couldn't. I, I wasn't supposed to leave um, outside of New York State and things like that. Or whatever. I had like like restrictions. I didn't really have a curfew, but I had like restrictions. Yeah. So um, yeah. So um. Did that hinder? Of course. Any, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of yeah. course. It hindered a lot of things. Yeah. So um yeah. So I'm 2010. I get sentenced. I'm going through the motions. I'm going through wild different things personally with having a a, a child. Um, dealing with her mom. Yeah. Um, issues with my mom or whatever family issues things like that. Just trying to. I got to get a job because I'm on probation now. Yeah. Like, I really have to get a job now. Damn. You know what I'm saying. Um. Never really got one, but you know yeah. the, my probation officer's on my neck about getting a job, whatever, whatever. So I start discovering. I, I discovered blogs. <laughs> this whatever. is yeah. yeah, that's actually around the time when blogs were the hottest yeah, shit at the moment. Yeah, so this is like two thousand. I, I, the first blog I ever discovered was in two thousand nine. Was Rap Radar. Rap I know Radar. That's, I know that's like. Shout out to Elliot. Yeah, shout out to Elliot. But and that's like blasphemy in the, the blog world because there was blogs before that. Yeah. And that was like the biggest one because of who was backing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I didn't know about like Nah Right and Two Dope Boys prior to that. Yeah. I didn't know about any of those sites that's, until after taking rap. me back, man. That's a little yeah. I didn't know about any of that until after Rap Radar. Yeah. So after Rap Radar, I found out about all the other stuff. So I start like I seen a J. Cole interview where J. Cole was like, yo, you start off with the small blogs and you big up to the bigger blogs. Yeah. So I started like getting um like reaching out to blogs to post my music. And the first person that ever posted me was this guy named Big Chew that ran Rap Mullet. All right, we took a quick break, uh, continue on with the mixtapes on yeah. the blogs. Yeah. Yeah. So um in two thousand and ten you found that upcoming blog or the, the yeah. blog that wasn't that big? It was it was it was it was Rap Mullet. Rap Mullet was like it was a it was a big blog, but not so much as big as when I got to it or whatever. Yeah. The end of two thousand and ten, I released like like uh it was like December twenty eighth. Um, I released uh You Only Live Twice. And the project did fairly well. That was um, your debut mixtape. Yeah, solo that was my tape. debut solo mixtape, but okay. it was under Into the Dorm. Okay. Um, so I, I, uh, I re- that was the first mixtape that I released during the blog era because all the other tapes were released during like the mixtape era. Like those was mixtape era. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, it was, that was different. Yeah, yeah, that was not. So yeah. during the blog era, this is my first project during the blog era. So um, I'm getting posted on blogs, you know, I'm using um, whatever platform 
I don't even remember. It might have been like Media Fire or something that I had. Yeah, Hulk on. Share was a lot yeah, of Media Fire. I had Hulk Share, Media Fire. I had the tape on those things. So it wasn't like on any streaming platform. They didn't, those things didn't even exist. Oh, back yeah. Then. That that Piff, that live mixtapes. Yeah. And like one more, I think. Yeah, I, I had it on on uh, on that Piff or whatever. I never put a tape on live mixtapes. I think Shout I, out to live mixtapes. Yeah, they, they come I, here check. Word? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I premiered, well, I used to do the blogging eras. I would premiere records, right, that yeah. weren't even out. So like yeah. hip hip. I'd get in trouble for this shit, but I, I almost did get in trouble for it. But I had the game drug test record uh, mm. with uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg off the Red Album. This was in 2000. When did Red come out? 2012, 2013? I premiered it, and all the traffic from game fans was obviously going to my website. Right. And it, simultaneously, game dropped his mixtape. It was a mixtape that he dropped. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. But around that time, he dropped a mixtape. So live mixtapes was the one that was wholesome mixtapes. So they paid me. They were like, yo, put the mixtape and tell people to go live mixtapes with this game track you premiered. That's crazy. So they cut me. That was the first time I ever paid. got $500. That's, That's the first crazy. time. Yeah. First time I ever got paid for blogging. I was like, damn, you can actually make some money from this shit. Yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to them. But yeah, I never put up a, a, a mixtape on live mixtapes, but shout out to them. So yeah, I think the album was on Dapiff. I did, I did put the album on Dapiff. But most of my, um, my downloads came from like media fire or media whatever the shit was called yeah media and fire and media, Hulk share media fire and hoax share those, zippy share was one of them too There's yeah few, but yeah. those are those are the two that i know media fire and hoax share those was the the two that the uh the mixtape was on that i got most of my downloads from so i got like about like fifteen thousand downloads damn yeah around that time at that time that's a lot that's a lot of no downloads. what i mean when you saw that what the fuck are you thinking like damn <laughs> I was I was I couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. it like but I was posted on like it wasn't like the biggest blogs but yeah. I was posted on like a lot of blogs and people, hey man fifteen thousand is still fifteen thousand yeah, I don't give a right. fuck yeah right you know what people say that's a lot to that's get a, yeah, to get fifteen was, think about fifteen thousand people in person exactly that's what people don't fear realize so when I've never like, even performed in front of fifteen thousand yeah, people that's so, that's what people don't realize yeah, man yeah, so like it was a crazy amount of people so I was on a high from that you know what I'm saying and um. Uh, because of my mo- mo- momentum online, there was a guy named Cypher. Um, Cypher was cool with D-Roms. Cypher knew D-Roms from back in the days, from the Skills University days with Wyclef. Yeah. And he knew he was trying to get um, D-Roms signed to Rough Riders at the time, but D didn't want to go because his, they, they only wanted to sign him. They didn't want to sign his man. Yeah. So like him being like a noble person or whatever, like an honorable, he didn't want to take the deal because they didn't involve his man in it or whatever. So, yeah. So Cypher knew him from then. And he always promised D that if he had a situation of his own, that he would invite D on. Mm -hmm. So he knew about me from D. Yeah. Now, D kind of like at this time um, into the dorm entertainment is kind of like I'm carrying it on my back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, D isn't really, like, present as far as, like, releasing music. He had a song with um with Immortal Technique around that time that was buzzing on the blogs and stuff like that. If you look on YouTube, you probably could still find a D-Rhymes um, featuring Immortal Technique. It's probably still on the, on the, on, on YouTube. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at the, like, but he's not really, like, actively putting out projects or any music or anything like that. We started something called um, uh, Dorm World Comics at the time. We had a comic book company. Damn. And the the comic book company was supposed to 
um, help fund our music. Yeah. So we took something that would be like a billion that that is a billion dollar industry, and we try to like market that so we could turn around. Were you guys doing the artwork yourself? Because you could draw. No, we, we was paying somebody. Okay. Yeah, like this. this these guys from like overseas and stuff like that, and the the person that did the coloring was actually the same person that did the coloring for Marvel Comics. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's very expensive. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we was doing that. We we was like because as a, as a, people don't understand how much it costs as an indie artist to try to do it when you don't have backing. It's a lot of money. It, it costs is. a lot of Trust money. Me, I know. <laughs> you can't be a broke rapper. There's really like if you're actively doing it day in and day out, there's no such thing. No way. Because the money has to come from somewhere. Yep. It's coming from somebody whether it's coming out your pocket directly. That's why people say industry plan too because yeah. Somehow because, some of these artists Yeah, but but it's yeah. just that some people have smart people around them some people like know how to get funding they know how to use leverage credit yeah. that's a, what a lot of people don't understand like it's yeah. how to leverage credit or whatever mm -hmm. but that's a whole nother subject. yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying but yeah so um yeah like music costs a lot of money so we was trying to do something to where they wouldn't have to work because they worked regular jobs i didn't they worked for the new york post yeah damn um yeah like they they, they had like jobs at like factory jobs at the new york post they was there for like since they was like like younger or whatever like yeah their father worked there and their father ended up putting them on they ended up getting in the union and Damn. they that's what the job that they did every day and they got paid well for that they they got made a lot of money yeah but um as far as like what a real can, job can pay you yeah but um me i'm not on work exactly you know what i'm saying i'm doing other things so that like the the plan was for um the comic book to set us up to where they wouldn't have to work no more and I wouldn't have to do what I was doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what was the original plan. And we can just do music in this and we can use the music, we can use this to fund the music. Yeah, cuz you don't want to work with a handicap. Yeah, you know, right, so. exactly. And so that was the plan. So D's focus at that time was on the comic book more so than anything. Yeah. We had the first debut of the comic book issue zero at the 2010 Comic Con. Yeah. So we had the table and all of that. And he did did all of that. Yeah. So um all right. So fast forward, this is just just to give you like a backstory of what was going on at the time. Yeah. So while I'm fighting the case and all of that, and I get sentenced to probation. We coming up with the comic book shit and all of that. We end up going doing the first year at the Comic Con and whatever, whatever. So um, I released You Only Live Twice. It's getting the buzz, whatever, whatever. Cypher ends up reaching out to me on Twitter. Like, what's up? I'm D-Mans. Um, I heard about you before. I've known about you the whole time. Um, like, what y'all got going on? So I tell him what I got going on. Um, I got... This mixtape I'm pushing right now, I'm working on another one. Um, whatever, whatever. Like he's like, What's your situation? I'm like, We don't have one. He's like, Yo, um, give me your number. Gives me his his phone I mean, he takes my phone number, he calls me. He starts talking to me about the fact that he has a situation. Um, it's like a a, a production deal through Universal at the yeah. time. So um, he's able to sign artists. He has signing power. He has a budget. So this, to me, this is it. Yeah. That you makes know what I'm sense. saying? This is my my dream. It's finally about to come true. Yeah. Um, so I tell Shah, 
Shah tells D because that's his brother. They speak more than I speak to them. Yeah. So um, I speak to Shah. I spoke to Shah more often than I spoke to D because D is like the reserved guy. Like mm-hmm. he don't really talk on the phone too much. He be in his own world. Yeah. So Shah's like closer in age to me, even though he's older than me. But we speak more often because we could relate more and we spend more time with each other. And he's also like my manager and my A and R. So yeah. I tell Shah. Shah tells D. Um, D kind of like brushing it off because I tell D too. I text him too and told him he kind of like eh, like oh, a word, like just like that, like oh, word. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Whatever. So I'm on them. Like I'm like, yo, I'm trying to make this shit happen. Like what y'all trying to do? Like yeah. I, I like at this time, you ain't got nothing coming in. So it's like, like I have money coming in, but it's not legal money. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm. You're I'm, trying to get away from that. Yeah, so I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah. So. Um, and for some reason I probably could feel like my time was coming to an end with whatever I was doing at that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had wild different things going on at, at that time, but um eventually it'd be this one specific thing that got me caught up. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, yo, this is my weight, my ticket out. Yes, yeah, like, so you're probably bothering yeah, him. like you're I'm like yo. on a body. Yeah. Like, y'all y'all work. Yeah. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no pressure on you yeah, guys. There's no pressure on you yeah. guys. Like me, I need to stop this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm hitting them every day. Like, yo, what's up? What y'all trying to do? Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah. So I'm I'm speaking to Cypher on the phone a lot, and Cypher is just telling me, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? He could offer us this, he could do this, he could do that. Like, yo, what's up with, with them? Cause he don't necessarily have comp like he hasn't spoken to them. Yeah. So um then um, D is like, yo, I'm going I'm to I'm call you later. One day he's like, yo, I'm going to call you later and we're going to have a conversation. So we get it, we have the conversation. He lets me tell him, like, what's going on with with what Cypher is saying. So he's like, yeah, like, Cypher's my man. Um, that's a good dude. He always said that he would have me if he had a situation and he knew about you, whatever, whatever. So what is he talking, like, as far as, like, money the label situation whatever yeah i tell him so then he's like um he might have asked me like what do you think about it i was like i'm with it yeah like i'm 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 with it like i'm trying to you know this is my way out yeah you know what i'm saying so um he's like well i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it a buck with you he ain't say those exact words at that time. He was like something like that. Like it was something to that nature. So he's like, um, lately I've been on like a spiritual journey. And um he was like, I'm not really interested in being a part of anything that gotta do with music right now. Yeah. So he 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 basically he was saying he was going through some things spiritually and they wasn't aligning with music. So at first I didn't understand. I'm like, what you mean? Like, you mean you don't want to deal with the industry? Because we could go, we could be indie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I never imagined, like, this was different for me because they taught me so much. I spent so much time with them. I grew attachments to them. Yeah. I really considered them like my big brothers because I don't have any older brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and they were, like, older than me and they taught me so many things just about, like, life relationships music whatever market and all type of stuff yeah i learned from them so this is like i have a, a, had a real attachment to them 
So he's he's telling me these things. I'm not understanding. I'm like, what you mean? You don't want to you don't want to deal with the industry. Like you don't want to be signed because we could just do it in indie. Like you know what yeah. I'm saying? And just get fuck the labels and, and all that. Yeah, get, he had investors that were interested in all of that. Oh shit! You know what I'm saying? Fuck. They just didn't give a bag to us yet. But yeah. they, he had investors that was interested. He was in contact with investors. So um, he was like, no. I mean, period. I don't want to do music at all. So this came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> That's fine. So, like, I'm like I'm young. Like I told you, I'm young at the time. Like, I got a lot of shit hanging over my head. I got the case hanging over my head. Yeah. They ain't even come get me yet, but I knew that it was coming. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to like hurry up this deal, and get and sign the paperwork so that I could have something to come home to, because I know I'm gonna do time. Yeah. First of all, even if I didn't, if I beat the charge, I'm still gonna violate probation for catching a new charge. So I'm gonna do some time. Yeah. Period. Like, is is no way around me doing time. Yeah. Um. If even if I like, if I beat that charge or whatever, and I didn't face any charges for that, I was still gonna face a violation for probation for catching a new charge. Yeah. So um. This yeah. reminds me of the Nipsey Hustle situation where he. He caught uh, a gun charge, 2009 or 2008. I was doing the documentary, and he signed the deal just to kind of yeah. have something. That's that's basically that's exactly what I was trying to do. Yeah, he was going through was, the same. I was shit. trying to sign. I was trying to hurry up and sign before I went to jail. Before they, but before they came and got me. That's crazy because Nipsey's on the run too. Yeah, yeah I, w- I wasn't. Shit. I wasn't on the run. Yeah, because but there, there yeah. wasn't a warrant out for my arrest yet. Yeah. But I knew that they were coming. Yeah, and. That's it was same, only, yeah, yes. it was only a matter of time. Yeah. So I was trying to hurry up and make it happen. So when he told me that, I was crushed. I actually cried. Damn. Yeah. I, I for real like shed tears. Yeah. Because I mean, number, this is your life. In this, yeah. Like, it's, uh, we we put so much time into this. Yeah. And so much effort, and then y'all like my my older brothers. Y'all taught me all of these things. Like I never imagined life going on without y'all on yeah. my team. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the first time I had a real team yeah. like with people that was like actually like you know what i'm saying like intelligent and forward thinking yeah you know what i'm saying especially about the future we had like future projects that wasn't even out yet we had the artwork to projects that wasn't even out yet Damn, concepts yeah. and all of that like so like you know this thing is going to be set up for this thing and then we're going to go into this so we had a lot of different things going on. And so when he told me that he wasn't interested in doing music at all anymore, and he was, I respected the spiritual journey, but it was like, like at the same time, it was like, yo, I wasn't trying to hear that. Like Nobody's I, trying to hear that. Yeah, I'm alone now. <laughs> yeah, like, that position. Like, so, all right, so fat, like he told me, he tells me the conversation. Like, I mean, he tells me that during the conversation. At some point, we end up hanging up. So now it's like, damn, I got to scramble a team together because how I'm going to sign a deal with no team and not necessarily more rappers, but like um, a name. Yeah. I don't have a name Yeah. for because what, what, what it would have been was um, whatever his label was. I forgot the name, whatever Cypher's label was slash into the dorm. So there's no into the dorm anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least at that time. So um, I double back with D and I'm asking, I ask him like, yo, I, you're not doing music no more. Could I keep the equipment? Cause he had like equipment. Yeah. And could I keep the name? And he was like, nah, he curved me. 
dead in me. Damn. Yeah. He was like, whatever I, I created as far as music has to be destroyed. <sighs> so, like, he was really on spiritual whatever. Jesus, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he was like, he felt like, in, like I guess that was like a burden on him or whatever. Yeah. Like, or he might have felt like it was against what he was trying to do. Yeah. So he was like, nah. He was like, you're smart. You'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm like, I, like, what am I gonna do? Like, I've been running with into the dorm. Everybody know me for, you know, what I'm saying. Seems Rep- like every majority artist have this type of problem where they they build something up yeah, and lose like, it. Exactly. Because, yeah, that's fucking crazy. Like, I wore into the dorm on my back. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every, like the it it, it like, like not to um, knock them or whatever, but because I'm the younger guy. I'm introducing it to more people because I'm the one that's outside. Yeah. I'm the one that's running the street. Yeah. So people are, are becoming more familiar with the brand You're because more, of me. Yeah, more you know in what public, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I'm more in public. Y'all yeah. not in the clubs. Y'all not outside. You know what I'm saying? Y'all not mingling amongst the, the young people because y'all older than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like really like foot in the street, like two feet in the street, running around with the with with the merch and all of that, and people was messing with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People messing with the movement because of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the, with the street team, the street team, most of the street team consisted of dudes that I went to high school with or people that was friends of me. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So when he told me that I couldn't keep the name, that broke my heart even more. Yeah. But then it was like, all right, I'm going to figure something out, whatever. So I didn't have a name. I didn't have a team. I didn't know what I was going to do. Cypher still wants to do the deal. So he's like, I told him what D said. He's like, yo, so what you want to do? I'm like, what you mean what I want to do? Like, I still want to do it. Like, yeah. if it's just me, whatever. Like, I'm still like, this is my dream. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he's like, all right, cool. So um, me and Cypher didn't agree on a lot of stuff. But, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that now. Yeah. At that time, I, I wanted to do it. So um, what happens is uh, I end up getting locked, like not locked up, before I even got locked up. I knew they were coming because they called. They called my phone. They called my phone blocked, and they said they wanted to speak to me and not out or whatever. So I knew at some point that it was closing in, whatever. Yeah. So um, before I get locked up, I speak to Cypher after they called me, and I tell him, like, yo, is there any way we could speed up the process, like expedite this process so I could sign this paperwork? So did you, if have you seen the contract at all? No. So you you didn't, did you I even didn't, care about the I contract? I didn't even give a fuck. That's, that's a lot of, uh, that's what I we talk about. A I lot didn't of, care. Yeah, a lot I of artists get caught up in contracts because they don't, yeah. I, di- I didn't care. You didn't care at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I didn't care. Like I wanted to do whatever was going to help me to propel me to, you know, being a rapper yeah. full time. And getting out the street. Exactly. That was my main concern. I didn't care about nothing. I was desperate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't necessarily because of money, but it was like something legitimate. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That I could put my name to. That's why a lot of artists take, a lot of yeah. managers take advantage of the artists. That, that happened to a lot of artists. Like yeah. a lot of artists wanted to get out the street and they signed a deal that wasn't necessarily, you know, beneficial to they them. They didn't care, yeah. Yeah, they didn't care because you wanted the opportunity to get out the street. Yeah. So I was, um, I'm, that's why I'm more grateful about it now that it didn't happen. So, but me and Cypher, we had conversations before I got locked up in. We weren't on the same page about a lot of things. I was still going to do the deal regardless because I wanted to get out of my situation. And yeah. I, I felt like I could have made it happen. Yeah. So I would I would ask him like certain questions and I knew, th- I, I knew that it was some bullshit. 
like I would ask him like, all right, like who controls the budget? Can I it, like if I sign for this? Like, I think it was it was probably like some low number, like like sixty five thousand or something like that. Yeah. And at that moment, it's, you yeah. Know, that's who cares? Yeah. You know, as long as I got a budget, a budget to market myself. Yeah. Who cares? So he was like, uh, I was like, who controls the budget? Now these are questions that artists don't even ask. Yeah. But because I'm such a student of the game, mm-hmm. I'm asking certain questions, and I know he doesn't like these things. Yeah. So I'm like, who controls the budget? Do I have control of the budget? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, um, I'm like. So, um, can I still record that where I record at? And he was like, yeah, but the label has to approve of it. And we have to send them a, uh, uh, not an audit. What's that shit called? Invoice? Yeah. yeah. Like an invoice. He was like, yeah. we have, you, we have to send the studio invoice or whatever, and then we'll cover it. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have the money in your hand to go to the studio. But we'll, 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 like, the, the studio has to send us the invoice and we'll, then we'll pay them. Like, as, as, as long as the label approves of the, the, the studio. Yeah. So I'm like, so you're, you're trying to avoid giving me money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, at all costs, you're trying to, like, every which way you're trying to avoid giving me That's money. That's too many processes. Too yeah. Of course, I get, a, I get an advance. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, like... You trying to, and basically that's like with a lot of production deals. Niggas yeah. are try to, you know what I'm saying, control the money. He just bought himself a new Range Rover at that time. Damn. So whatever whatever the label cut, the, the check that they cut him, he bought a Range. He took that and bought a Range Rover. So he bought the, the new 2011, 2012 Range Rover at that time. Um, Damn. So whatever, if they gave him 250000 he already spent. About sixty on that car. That's yeah, but if a label like if a label if any business depending on which one, but usually if you get a business loan, they'll they'll eventually check to see if the money's being spent the right way. Yeah, but they don't do that in the the they music don't industry. Fuck, they yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> like yeah, yo, what, here's the money. Whatever you do with the money is whatever you do with the money and you still owe us. Exactly. Fuck. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? As long as you find a way to pay us, and if you don't find a way to pay us, you belong to us for forever. Yeah. So yeah, so he was just trying to like avoid ways to like like he was like talking in circles a lot. But I I was never dumb. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I would ask certain questions and I would get answers that I didn't like. Yeah. And sometimes I would not necessarily ex- express that I didn't like the answer that he gave me. I would just keep it to myself as a mental note. Yeah. So then yeah, lo and behold, I end up getting locked up. Yeah. I get locked up. Um I tell him before I get locked up, I'm like, yo. I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm about to catch a case. Uh, I was like, I caught a case. I They haven't, they just haven't come and came and got me yet. So he's like, damn. He's like, yo, why you ain't tell me this? I'm like, I really just kind of found out. So I, I'm keeping it funky with you. Yeah. So I'm keeping it 100 with you so you don't think I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm trying to like keep the relationship. So if I do get locked up, whatever, or hopefully we could seal this deal. Before I get, I go to jail, so I kept it a buck with him. So um, he's like, "Damn, man." He's like, "How long you gonna go away for?" I was like, "I don't know yet." I was like, "They ain't even come get me yet. I don't. I haven't gone to court." He's like, "Damn." So he's like, "I'm trying to see if I can get help with lawyers, whatever." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I I have a little bit of money, but I don't have enough money. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um try like to get like the greatest lawyer, you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm thinking like he just got got a bag. You got a bag from Universal, got maybe a label you could, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, you maybe you got some some extra money you could help throw on top of whatever I got and so let me guess, you gave it a yeah. cold shoulder? He was like <laughs> He was like he was like he was like, damn. He was like, even if I signed you today, because anybody that gets signed today, if you've been if you in the industry or you know if if I sign a paperwork today, you don't get the money today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It takes at least 30 to 60 days or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Might even 90 days in some cases. So you don't get the money as soon as you sign. It's not like they pass the check to you. Yeah. Your lawyer will call you and be like, yo, we got the check, whatever, whatever, come get the check. Yeah. So it's not like as soon as you sign the paperwork, there's a check waiting for you. That, that's not how it works. Yeah. The baby was talking about that one time too. Yeah. Interesting story. Yeah. So, um, we we signed. I mean, he was like, if even if I sign you today, he's like, you're not gonna get the check this week to to help you. So you're like, fuck that. At that so point. I'm, like, I'm like, damn, what the fuck I'm gonna do? So he was like, uh, we gonna figure it out. So um, at this time too, I'm still trying to like line up my team. Yeah. So I, I knew this girl. She did PR. I'm trying to get her under my wing. And um. Like, but I'm like, she does PR, but I'm trying to get her to manage me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have a manager anymore because if D is not doing music, then Shah is not doing music either. They're brothers. Exactly. So I don't have a manager anymore either. So I'm like trying to get her to manage me, um, trying to get somebody to do some, some PR work for me. Were you telling these people that you're going to FaceTime? Nah, nah, I didn't, I didn't like, tell them at the time damn. because I, I just told them about the deal. So yeah. if, I, if I have a deal on the table, I need structure. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I knew that at that time. You know what I'm saying? Even like at being that young or whatever, I knew that that I needed some type of like structure around me or whatever. Like yeah. I have to actually have a team structured around me. Yeah. You can't have a deal and not have a team. That yeah. is, that doesn't because if I rely on the production deals team or Universal's marketing um team or whatever, or I'm not gonna get anything done. Yeah. I have to have my own you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Unfortunately, a lot of artists learn that the hard way. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, they put because they think they sign. They think that oh, they got everything. Oh, I'm gonna get the same yeah. lawyers as this person. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, like, that oh, they, they, they're gonna they're gonna take care of me. You know what I'm saying? I'm a. It's a I'm conflict a, of interest too. Yeah, because, I'm gonna use yeah. their budget. I'm gonna use whatever. Yeah. Like like they. I'm gonna use their lawyers. I'm gonna use yeah. their marketing team. And that, that never goes well. Nah, so. it never goes well <laughs> because and then you're blaming the label at the end of that because. You, they didn't do what you wanted them to do, but it's because you didn't outsource and get your own shit together. Yeah. So you can't. Plus, they go after the priority. Whatever yeah, they, the priority. exactly. They're, if you're not hot, they don't give a fuck. Like, like at, at, care less. at Atlantic, I feel sorry for any other female artist that's at Atlantic because their priority is Cardi. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So if you don't have your own, you have to outsource your own marketing teams and shit like that yeah. or whatever and pay them because yeah. unless, until you get as, uh, as hot as her, as her, or hotter than her, you know what I'm saying? Their focus and their money is gonna be put on her. Yep. So they they like you is like you get tossed to the wayside. That's why it's important to have your own setup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to where all they gotta do is cut the check and then you delegate yeah. who you gotta pay. So you managed to find the team before you get locked up. I ha- yeah, I had like I had I had some people, I had like two or three people, and so- then um I spoke to them on the phone, they agreed, they was with it. And then I end up getting snatched up. So I went to probation one moment, one morning, 
I had my 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 oldest daughter with me at that time. She's in the house. She's and she's in the house with my mom. And um, cause I lived at my mom's house at this time. Like sometime like after I I, I got bagged from the other case, um, I ended up moving back in with my mom. Yeah. So my um, my oldest daughter's there. Um, I think I feed her breakfast or something, and then I go to probation. But I never come back home. Damn. Because after I go to probation, um, I get a call from the police, and they have a tracker on my phone, and they know exactly where I am. Yeah. And then um, my mom calls, and, like, they just came to the house. So um, I get uh, – after I left probation or whatever, they, they tell me, like, yo – we know where you are, this, that, and the third. We want to speak to you. They pick me up, and they want to take me to the station. Of course, I could have been like, yo, fuck you. Yeah. I don't have to go nowhere because there's no warrant for my arrest at the time. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't thinking about any of that at the time. Now I know better, of course, as a grown man. Yeah. But it was different back then. It was like, whatever. I ain't. I, ain't, I just went with them. So niggas end up charging me. With grand larceny in a third degree for fourteen thousand dollars and change. It's like fourteen thousand. If you look up there's an article that that might still be up. Um, I'm not gonna say my government name on here, but yeah. I'll tell you after. Yeah. And you can look you go look it up yourself. So it was like fourteen thousand dollars and change that I took um from some banks. Yeah. Um Trust Code Bank, we could say that now. Yeah, I did my time. Yeah, so, Yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's a small bank called Trust Code Bank. There's only a few of them in New York. Um, I, at the time, what I was doing, like I had mad different stuff going on. I'm not gonna say everything that was going on, but I always been like, uh, like a drug dealer. Yeah, or whatever first. Yeah, like I was always hustling first. So anything that I was doing was just like side hustles after that. Yeah. So at that time, I was uh, the one of my my side hustles was. Um, busting checks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. I was I was busting checks, and that's how I ended up getting bagged. I only got bagged for the fourteen thousand dollars and change. Got um, Lord willing, like you know, what I'm saying that was the only thing, the only amount that I got bagged for. It yeah, was way more than that. Yeah, but that's the only thing they could prove. Yeah, that's the only sure. thing that they could prove. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, um, I get locked up. Um, what time are you looking at? Is it probation? Is it? it I, I'm on probation for the gun still. Yeah, already. So there's so. no way that I could get probation. That's that's out. Yeah. And they're trying to charge me as a predicate. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking at the first. I'm going to court. I'm going back and forth to court. They talking that predicate shit and all that. Whatever. Whatever. Um. My first offer was a couple months later. I was probably like six months in jail already. I couldn't bail out because if I would have bailed out, then I would have got locked back up for the probation violation. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to bail out. Yeah. Because um, they I would have been held if I would have bailed out. It doesn't make it's any waste sense. waste money too. Yeah. So I had to like I had to sit it out. Now I could have I prob is is a possibility sometimes you could get bailed out on the probation violation. But that's a rare case. Yeah. So um, it was it, my lawyer was like I had a paid lawyer or whatever, of course, 
And he was just like, Yo, it's best to just sit out and see what's going to happen because probation is waiting to see what happens with this case before they do anything. Yeah. So um, my first offer was two to four years. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't with that, of course. Yeah. Because you go, especially like, I don't know about like everywhere else, but like upstate jails in New York, it's all type of stuff going on. You don't know what's going to happen. And you could end up doing the four years. Yeah. Uh, well, maxing out on a four year. Well, really, you the mat the your max out probably be like the like the, the longest that they could hold you for is like the three like three, and then yeah. you, you do three and one, and come home like it's a split bid. So you have to probably do three years straight, and then you um you you come home and do like one year parole or some shit like that. Yeah. But um. I already had at this time when they was offering this to me, I probably had like eight months in. So all that time counts. Yeah. So um So you locked up for eight months. Yeah, I was so. locked up for eight months in the county jail in, in Valhalla, Valhalla, um, Westchester County Jail. And um going back and forth fighting the case. The first offer's two to four. No. Niggas not taking that. So um my lawyer comes and tells me. I tell my girl at the time. I'm telling my girl like, "Yo, you could leave. Yeah, you know, do your thing. I'm not gonna hold you." Like she was younger than me, so I was. I was like, "I'm like, she's two years younger than me." So I'm like, "Yo, go do your thing. Like, live your life. Like, yeah. um, don't try to be like be trying to hold a nigga down in jail." Yeah, you know what I'm saying and. I only been with her for nine months at that point. We wasn't even together for a full year. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, yo, that's go. not fair. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. Yeah. Like, and I don't know how much time I'm doing. She's yeah. cursing me out on the phone. Yeah, like straight, like cursing me out. Like, Damn. What the fuck you talking about that? Like, nigga, that. Like, what do you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she wanted to be there. Yeah, like she's hanging up the phone on me and all that. Like, you talking stupid? Yeah, like cursing me out. Yeah. So um, then. The lawyer comes back and tells me that the judge said that like the DA was offering the two to four. Like that was his suggestion. It was a two to four. He hated like he just he doesn't like black men at all. Like yeah. he's an Indian guy from he was a DA from Mount Vernon. Like he just I don't know, he's one of those guys that's just like um like he's a serious prosecutor, like and he he, he just wants he's not like I could tell he doesn't really like like black men, yeah, or whatever. And he probably just wants to lock up as many of us as he can. Yeah, he's just that type of guy. Like you can feel that energy. Yeah, yeah, usually, you can, yeah, you, you can feel that energy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, cause first of all, you're trying to charge me as a predicate, and I'm not. I'm. I'm like, you, you're trying to paint me as a monster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm really not that. Yeah. Like, oh, he's on probation right now for a gun. Yeah. And he was this, this, and this, and this. Like, you're trying to paint me to be something that yeah. and you don't even know me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You don't even know my circumstances. Like, I got um, I got the gun charge because I was trying to help my friend and make sure that he got in the, in the, in the fucking ambulance and not before he That's died. That's the thing. People don't know the backstory. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had, yeah, no yeah I had a gun on me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, like, the the gun wasn't used in a crime or anything yeah. like that. You know, what I'm saying? you're savage. You're yeah. trying to kill somebody. Like, yeah, a, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, even though I might have been doing things at that time, you know what I'm saying that 
you know what I'm saying, could paint me a certain way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In that moment, I wasn't, we were the victims. I wasn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like I got caught trying to help my friend, making yeah. sure that he didn't die. So he was trying to give you two to four, four yeah, max. He was, yeah, he was trying to give me a two, a two to four. And the judge was like, no. Yeah. The judge came back and was like, no, I'm not giving him a two to four. You know why? Because y'all were stupid for giving him the money anyway. One and a half to three. Just, hey, that's a real judge. That's, that's exactly what the, like, verbatim what the, what the judge said. And my lawyer told me, word for word, that's a quote from the judge. Damn. He said, two to four? No, I'm not giving him a two to four. It was like a one and a half to three. Because y'all was stupid for giving him the money anyway. Yeah. Shout out to that judge. Yeah, right? shout out to that judge. I don't remember the judge's name, but shout out to him. It's rare he hears yeah. stories of a judge actually, you know, doing. Yeah, good. right. He was like, "Y'all idiots! Why yeah. would y'all give him the money anyway?" Yeah, like, I'm not like I'm not giving him a two to four for that. So that overrules, obviously. What, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the lawyer came back with the offer for the one and a half to three, and I took it. Yeah, because I didn't have any other choice. Like, it's no way I could have got like house arrest or anything like that my girl and then was trying to see if i could get like house arrest and all yeah. that like that wasn't possible so, so you only did one and a half or what'd you do so i did i did yeah i did one and a half i did 18 months so i was in jail from september 2011 until um april april 4th 2013 okay so now you're back yeah now the music is Slowed down. Obviously, you haven't been focusing on the music. Yeah. It's been out for a couple of years. Now, usually when artists, when that deteriorates, they either give up and they're like, man, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. You know, I tried my hand at it, it didn't go. Mm -hmm. Or they find a new fire to keep going. So what kept you in that? You're like, okay, shit. Was it because you were almost on the brink of signing a deal with Cypher Sounds? Like, damn, I almost had something. So if I keep going, you know, maybe something else can happen. Yeah, so... um. While I was in jail, I wasn't writing the first couple of months. Yeah. Um, Cypher, uh, I was trying to keep in contact with him through my girl. I had my, my girl hit him up. My girl was keeping in contact with Cypher through the time when I was locked up, like just telling him, like reaching out to him and James. She was reaching out to him and James like, yo, he's locked up right now. He's in. But he just wanted to like keep in contact with y'all guys. Like, you know, you could write him or you could come see him or you know, um, you know, give him your number so I could call y'all on three way or whatever to speak to y'all, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, all right, Cipher was was uh, was speaking to my girl, but the way my girl told me was like Cipher was trying to like holla at my girl like through Facebook. Yeah. Like trying to like talk to her, like so she told me that she was like she was always like official like that. She was never like. Yeah. You know, like a like a backstab or anything like that. She always had my back. So she got the way she explained it to me was she was trying he was trying to like like talk to him yeah. to her or whatever. I was like, I ain't fucking with him no more. Yeah. So I left that alone. So when I came home, this is like the tail end of the blog era now. What was it, two thousand thirteen? Yeah, two thousand thirteen. So it's like the tail end of like the blog era is kinda like coming to an end kind of. It's still going on, but it's like it's not as prevalent as it was in Yeah, I guess that's yeah, because I noticed my traffic probably in 2015-16 was starting to be stagnant, was it? Yeah, so two thousand thirteen there was kinda like a decline. Slowly, yeah. Yeah, slowly. Like as but that's what started. It was like two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So this is coming off like the the uh 
this is coming off like the Chief Keef era from 2012. Like and you the know, FBI shut down a lot of yeah, websites too. Yeah, a lot FBI shut down a lot of sites or whatever on Smash, all yeah. like those those things or whatever. So much shit. I was worried. There was so shit. much shit going on. I I heard about all of this stuff while I was locked up. <laughs> so um, cause I used to I used to get all the magazines, Double XL, The Source, whatever vibe. Yeah. So I started hearing about like certain things or whatever. So I'm trying to get like acclimated to what's going on. And um, I'm reaching out to blogs and like a lot of niggas is fronting on me to be honest. Like, yeah. it's because anybody that 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 doesn't know, I'll tell you like the music industry is like a what have you done for me now like kind of business. <laughs> it's what have you done for me lately? Oh, so yeah, if you haven't you. put out no, you telling me you've been locked up since September 2011. Yeah. You haven't put out no music. Oh well, welcome home, but. We're not posting you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't say that, but it was kind of like that. Like, yeah. oh, welcome home. That's cool. Like, you ain't got shit going yeah, on. Yeah, right you ain't now, got so shit yeah. going yeah. on. So we don't. So care. Um, around that time, I kind of got like frustrated and I was mad. It was it was bloggers fronting on me. It was producers that I worked with before, like people that are big name platinum producers right now. Like, yeah. Big name platinum producers right this instant. Like, yeah. Have a lot of plaques on the wall, putting a lot of numbers up. You know what I'm saying? People that I worked with before, they was even, yeah. you know, anything. Yeah. It's fronting on me. Like, I was trying to reach out to them through Twitter, through email. And they was just fronting on me. So some bloggers did respond or whatever. And they was just like, yo, you got to heat up. So I planned on dropping a mixtape called American Greed at the time. I remember. Yeah. So. <laughs> I kept asking. I was like, where the fuck is yeah, this thing? Yeah. So at first, American Greed was supposed to be a tape comprised of like freestyles and songs or whatever. Yeah. And then I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So yeah. it had to be all original music. Yeah. Because at that time it, people wasn't dropping projects with freestyles and all that anymore. That that kinda that that concept was outdated. Yeah. It was either like full projects with original songs or nothing. Yeah. So um I started recording more songs writing more songs. I was just trying to make it perfect. And um, So this is between 2014, 2015? Yeah, like 20, 2013, 2014, 2015. So um, I, rec I, I think I wrote I wrote Married to the... I had the Married to the Money hook when I was in jail. Yeah. I wrote it in when I was in jail. So I've been had that hook. Um, I recorded the song in 2014. Um. Like when I wrote that song, and that's like goes to my writing process. Like sometimes I, I might start writing something and not finish it. Like yeah. I, I have the hook, I have the first verse, and then I want to like switch up flows in the second verse or something like that. And I'll like be trying to like fuck with it or whatever. And it won't, if it won't come to me, I won't bother it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That I'll, makes sense. I'll wait till yeah. it comes to me. So I, I won't force it. Yeah. So I wrote probably the second verse like probably like a few months later. After that, I ended up recording a song. So I had, like, Married to the Money. I had, um, I think I had, like, Laundromat Rap. I had um, the concept for NES and probably the beat, too. Um, it was a few songs I had or whatever. It was, like, it's, it, it wasn't what it is now. The, yeah. the album, like, what the, what the album is now, it wasn't that. But I had, like, the meat and potato of the album. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... That married to the money still. I still bump that shit. To yeah, like it's crazy. Nah, man, your flow, everything on that, like it just fit perfectly, man. That that Thank record. You. I appreciate it. Honestly, if I had if I if I had backing like that, like yeah. money, 
I would put money into that. I yeah, I wish shit. I wish I would have put more money into yeah. it or whatever. But I was uh, like at that time. By the time I ended up putting it out, which was uh, like if I had this platform, diverse mentality, so diverse hip hop. Yeah. That probably been the one that I would, I would just. You you push. helped me a lot though with, with when when NES came out. Yeah. Yeah, you helped me a lot like by posting it or whatever. A lot of people ended up messing with the song for yeah. that came from your platform. The community tab, I think. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, the community. So like, yeah. shout out, shout out to everybody that's fans of like diverse mentality and everything yeah. that you got going on. Like. No, they're, man, they're the coolest people ever, man. Like yeah. I never thought some random people would just be supporting, you know. And I mean, it shows like when you show, when you put love into your craft and you're not just doing it for clout or money or you actually love it. Right. People can tell the difference, yeah, you know, I and think, those, I, I those think ones. shows and what I, what I do that I exactly. actually love it. Yeah. And you know the history of hip hop. You respect it. A lot of rappers nowadays are just yeah, they like, they don't even care. They don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I hate those type of rappers. If I'm interviewing, yeah, I'm like, yeah. man, yeah, you got to know something. Yeah, Especially right. if you're getting, you have to know what you're getting into. It doesn't make any sense, you know. Right. Yeah. You want to just jump into. It's just like basketball. Like basketball, they know who Dr. J is. They know who Jordan is. They know who Kareem Abdul. It's like practice, is. though, too. It's yeah. like you, you know, study the tapes. Yeah, exactly. You got to study the tapes. That's why those we always we always have this conversation. Artists that don't know the history never last. I nah, never, they don't. not a single one has ever. I've lasted. never seen an artist that don't know the history of rap ever last. Never. The little Zayn, all them, love all yeah, them. Yeah, they all. They're like, "Fuck Tupac, we don't give." Yeah. Now all, you're you're not here. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> so there you go. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. In the summer of 2016, you come to Atlanta for the first time. Yeah. So that was October. October. Yeah. 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 October yeah. 20, 2016 or whatever. I came, but I was close. I already had. Uh, I I had just shot the Do With Me video. I had put out Do With Me sometime that year. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I shot the Do With Me video. It, it wasn't ready to be put out yet, but I shot it. So I ended up putting out... I had a video for Sean in 2016. I put out a video for Sean. Then um, I put out Do With Me sometime in 2016. Went to A3C. I performed Married to the Money, Do With Me, Sean. Those are the songs I performed. I ended up putting out the video to Do With Me, like the top of 2017. Um, How did a a three C go? Because I know I that's why I first met you great. in person. Great, great, yeah. a lot of lot of built a lot of relationships, even relationships I still have to this day. Yeah, one of my best friends I met at. Yeah, because like, I remember we we went to some I don't know what 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 place it was like a concert or not a concert but it was like where upcoming artists were performing, and then you forgot something so we had to go to somebody's apartment pick up something. And then you were mentioning how you probably want to move out to Atlanta at that point. Yeah, like, I, knew, I knew I knew at that moment that I would I, I could move here because yeah. it was it was like I, before that I was like I can never live outside of New York. Yeah, a lot of people saying? are like yeah, that. I yeah. was like I can never live outside of the tri-state. It would have to be like Connecticut or Jersey, yeah. or even like the the border of like um, Pennsylvania. Or something. Yeah. Where it's like I'm like I'm an hour away from New York. So after A3C, you're like okay, I know I'm coming to Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah, right. The transition. Um, American Greed came out before you moved here, I assume, right? No, American Greed came out once I was already here. So, okay. all right, I'm getting to that. So, all right, all right, I'm still doing my thing. I come here for A3C or whatever. I go back to doing my thing. Um, I complete American Greed, like, completely, for sure, in 2017. Like, it's, it's it sounds the way I want it to sound at this point. Yeah. As far as, like... Um, like having vocals on certain records, sh things like that or whatever. Like everything's coming together. Um, I record. I recorded everything. It's just like everything is just coming together. Like so. 
um, I'm going through like certain things in the street where it's like I feel I'm getting that same feeling that I've gotten before where like my time is closing in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily with the law, you know what I'm saying? Like necessarily any trouble or whatever, but it's just like certain things I'm seeing. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? I'm paying attention to, I'm more aware because I'm older. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. There's certain things. I'm having issues with certain people. You know what I'm saying? Not nothing serious that I got to like where they're an immediate threat to me. But when somebody's being annoying, they could be a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like certain things. So I already entertained moving to Atlanta. My girl, that, the person that's my, my girl right now, she ends up getting pregnant or whatever. My daughter's, my youngest daughter's mom, she ends up getting pregnant like 2017, sometime after I came back from um, the Bahamas with her. Yeah. She ends up finding out that she's pregnant. Um. And so that, that changed things. That soon, changed. Yeah. That changed a lot. Yeah. Because what happened was she had family here, and oh. she didn't have a lot of family in New York. Her grandmother had died, and she didn't have a lot of family in New York. She's not really close to her father like that. So she felt like being pregnant, and if she was going to keep it, she would need more support. Yeah. Now me, the way I'm doing things is, I'm not. I'm never home. Yeah. Like like I said, I was like twenty hours a day. Twenty hours a day. This yeah. is like a true thing. You can like anybody like you can ask her. Like I was never in the house. Yeah. Never. So if I'm gonna be a father and you know what I'm saying, be with you, you're not gonna have the support as a pregnant woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta that be more prevalent there. Yeah. yeah, something like the the support that you need, you're not gonna have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you need somebody that to be there that could like even do simple things like make you something to eat or rub your feet, whatever yeah. it is, rub your stomach, whatever yeah. it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like little simple things like that. I can't be there because I'm getting money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and and any time and we need money to to take care of us and yeah. for me to fund my dream as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so between that and music and I'm still trying to like bust moves and go to like industry events and stuff like that to show my face and network and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So at what point do I have to be home? Because if I'm not doing this, I'm doing music. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So she ended up going coming here first. She left like around like uh, I said like May or June 2017. Okay. Um, I'm I'm still doing whatever I gotta do. So my plan was to save until. Um, around like February, March 2018. Yeah. Stuff starts to get more serious. You know what I'm saying? With what's going on with me. So uh, it's like it's becoming more of, it's, it's the, the annoying things are becoming more of a like. Irritating. You know yeah, too. irritating. Yeah. Like to where it, it, like my back is kind of like against the wall to where like if he keep, like, you know what I'm saying? If these things keep happening, it's not nothing like. Like violent, it's not leading to violence or nothing yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or nobody like touched me. But you can me. tell it's it's yeah, starting it's to creep up. Yeah, slowly starting to creep up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like so, like to where it's like, all right, you're being annoying now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're you're interrupting my business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have to do something at some point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's 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 either I leave it alone, or I'm gonna have to do something at this point. Yeah. So she's like, yo, why don't you just um, like come here earlier yeah you know what i'm saying so she comes back up to new york we have the baby shower a3c is coming back around this time 
2017. So this is 2017 A3C. And I was coming here anyway. Yeah. So um, what happened was I just came here, shipped my stuff, and I never went back to New York. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So did you... So you're you're basically leaving what you know your whole life, right? Right. So the same thing kind of, well, different time frame, but summer 2015, I moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known when we had the war that just randomly put us in Iowa. So I knew Iowa like the back of my hand. Yeah, so, I remember. Yeah, it's crazy to. When you was in Iowa. I was like, Yo, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, who's in Iowa? Like, yeah, everybody says that. But when you had the, when we had the war, they just dropped us off in there, man. They didn't, they didn't say, hey, pick and choose what state. We wouldn't even know anyways. Most Albanians ended up in New York. Yeah. But. We ended up in Iowa with a couple other Albanians and a I'm lot of bodies. I'm surprised you didn't end up in Queens. Yeah, no, there was Albanians. They put too many Albanians in New York. Yeah. So they're like, just spread them all out, man. Mm-hmm. So the war happened. They put us in Iowa. Then in summer 2015, we come to Atlanta. And I know that feeling of everything changes. You don't know anything, what's going on. So you got to adapt. And, you know, some people can't handle it. Some people want to go back. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, it's a fresh new start, man. I don't know nobody here. Yeah, right. I was tired. In Iowa, everywhere I'd go, people would know who I was. So I was like... Damn, man, it, it just feels good to go somewhere and, like, nobody knows who you are. Nobody right. bothers you. Nobody. Because I'm more, you know, uh, not an extrovert. I'm more introverted. So yeah, whenever yeah. that would, people would know that, I'm like, ah, oh, it just gets annoying after quite some time. So, yeah, I love Atlanta, though. So now you're in Atlanta. What is your experience of Atlanta? What are you thinking at this point? All right. So um, my main agenda as soon as I came out here was to, to establish relationships, build on the ones that I had already, and you know, try to establish a better life for myself. Now, at this point, I'm not hustling anymore at all. As soon as I get here, I, everything stops yeah. like, immediately. I never even finished what I had left in New York. Yeah. Like, I left the game cold turkey. I didn't do anything as soon as yeah. I got out here. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get some money and also, like, you know, finish my music. I'll finally get back to where I'm focused on American Greed, I have more songs than I had originally. I have better songs. I have like more meat and potato to the album and just added songs to it. So I decided like to take some songs off, put these songs on. I have um like the two newest additions is like No Slackin' and um Live Long Kane. Put the project together as ten songs. Get the art the artwork. I got new artwork or whatever. I'm working with a new artist, somebody that's doing the the, the new um I kinda fell out with the artist before that because he's probably like just like, yo, it's taking too long to do this project and put it out. Yeah. Whatever. But shout out to him. The um, packaging for the album is dope too. Good looking, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, so I started working with this new new artist or whatever and got everything together. So all right. Now I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put the project out. Um, fourth quarter, 2018, and I just uploaded American Greed to the DSPs. Yeah, I put it out. So the the official date is the real date is is January. I mean December 28th, but it actually came out maybe like probably like the 12th of January of 2019. Really? Yeah, because I, they took so long because I like I tried to put it out before um the new year. Yeah, like, but I By the time, yeah, it gets sent. Yeah, it takes weeks. It was before Christmas. Yeah. So I didn't get to all the DSPs until like the first or second week of January. I don't know why. I remember American Greed coming out like, to me, it was in 2018, early 2018. Yeah, I don't not, know why I think. It, it, was, it was late 2018. Yeah. When it first came out, because I had it on SoundCloud. I had it, it made it to some DSPs, yeah. but not all of them. 
Yeah. So everybody didn't get it at the same time. But January is like really the official time. So it really took like basically like five years to get that project out just because of, and I'm giving you this backstory to tell you that's the, all of these things, different things in my life are like the, some of the reasons to why it didn't come out. Yeah, so, no, I mean, yeah. I, cause I was waiting on it and a lot of artists, when they take their time, you always wonder like what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it just, so it, was, it was more personal yeah. stuff. But I'm glad that it happened that way because yeah. it wouldn't have sound the way it sound now. Everything has for yeah, reason. Yeah, and and t- if I would have put it out in 2015 or 2014, it wouldn't have sound nothing like how yeah. it sound now. You get better and better as time yeah. goes on too. So, so yeah, so at that point, yeah, so I released um, American Greed, which uh, is a dope ass project. Thank you. I, I still it. got that as the download version, but I know you took it off streaming platforms. Yeah. I tell people. So uh, by the time you guys watch this, it should be on streaming yeah, platforms. It should be back on. Let yeah. us cook one and American Greed will the sweetest revenge will yeah, be back on. Because I was like, I was like, man, what the fuck is shit? Yeah. So yeah, I figured that you was like you were gonna look for it to yeah. like to before. No, I had the download version, but I was like, if I tell fans, tell people go. Yeah. You know, I was like, let me see where every streaming platform he's at. Yeah. So I didn't see it because I always go to Apple Music first. That's the one I use. Yeah. So when I see it there, I just didn't even check for it. I was like, if it's not on Apple Music, there's no way it's on the rest of them. So yeah, see what it was was I was I was contemplating doing the like the the direct to consumer thing. Like, yeah, things that like all right, like Rock Marcy is known for that. Yeah, um, Griselda was known for that like early on before they came out. But it's like as a as an indie artist, it's really hard and it's expensive to try to play the streaming game. Yeah, like because you have to like. Um, you know, pay for marketing and pay like it's all that is costly. Like pay for, um, as much as people don't want to admit this, you have to pay to get on these playlists. You know yeah, what I'm you saying? do. Not yeah. directly to the person that owns the playlist, but somebody yeah. that 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 know that has the relationships with these playlists. It's kind of like with radio. Like you you play, you pay a a, a radio promoter. No, it is the new radio, yeah. Yeah, you go, you like in in the old days, you would give a budget to a radio promoter to go and um, introduce these songs to the radio uh, disc DJs or whatever, like yeah. or, or the people that the uh, the PDs, the you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you would, they would travel all over the the US and they would go play your record for them. Yeah. So now it's the same thing. You have a, a person that's a liaison between you. And the curators for the playlist, and yeah. you pay them, and they do the work for you, yeah. because you don't necessarily have the relationships, or you know what I'm saying, the 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 the, the know how of who's running these, who's curating these playlists. Yeah. So it's basically it's ran the same way. It's just different things. Yeah. So like that's costly to play like, and then to with with things like Spotify and whatever to actually get, um. You know, to make like real substantial money, you have to have a certain amount of uh, streams per or a certain amount of monthly listeners. Now, if I play that game or uh, whatever, I'll be playing that. I, I end up spending like, you know, tens of thousands to the hundreds of thousands to play that game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the end, it's worth it, but I'm still like, I'm, I don't have no investors. I don't yeah. have no investors. Exactly. I don't have any managers. Yep. I don't have anything. When yep. American Greed came out, I spent about, I spent over twenty thousand dollars. Damn, marketing and promoting and videos, marketing, all videos, that shit. All yeah. market, and that's not reco- counting recording costs and none yeah. of that. Damn, is, and that's not counting like my outfits for you know what I'm saying and stuff yeah. like that. Like just for taking pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Like just 
being out and doing things on just on um marketing videos and that's it like yeah. marketing the videos like whether it was like like google ads facebook ads um actually, no it, it costs money man yeah, street don't marketing <laughs> yeah actually because like, i still do street marketing yeah getting actual posters printed up yeah flyers printed up i remember hand seeing out. those too yeah, yeah. like posting yeah. those things up like that was like like <laughs> you're you're the artist that i've seen you're the only artist that i've seen do it in that way that's nowhere near signed like i've seen artists that are on the cusp of being signed yeah and they they have that back because eventually the label gets behind them and all that right. shit. And they got a a, a street team. That, that too, yeah. yeah. And they usually find a manager that's already in the industry and they can kind of get the bag and all that stuff. Yeah, you're the only one that I've seen that that had the whole package of everything, which right. is rare to see. That's that means you actually give a shit about what you're releasing, you right? Know? And also, it's just like it's a it's a trifecta. It's like if you see me on the internet or whatever, you see me on the internet, you see the ads is coming across the screen on instagram and facebook and then ads coming across the screen on youtube and then you actually get to see the the art the art in the, like the street like you're seeing posters and stuff yeah. eventually you'll be like yo i keep seeing this shit everywhere yeah, who is this guy? yeah exactly you know <laughs> what i'm saying like i keep seeing this shit like i'm seeing it when i go to the barbershop i'm seeing yeah. it when i go watch a vlad interview yeah. i'm seeing it when i'm on on instagram scrolling I'm, i keep seeing it so yeah. who is this guy that's, me, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to keep getting beat in the head to yeah. to want to check somebody That's how they out. do it at radio and shit. They, yeah, they, they beat replay you in that, the head. They replay that song to your force yeah, to like exactly. it. <laughs> like, that, that, I, I, like I said, I look at it as, as a consumer myself. Yeah. So uh, there's often times where um, like I heard about an artist and it wasn't until he got beaten into my head I went to go check him out. Yep. That's you know how I'm saying. So that's how you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta play all sides. It can't just be the internet and in no street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They got it like a little bit of the street, you know, a little bit of the internet, whether it's 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 uh colleges, whatever. Like you, yeah. you gotta play play the game. So yeah, it cost me a lot of money out yeah. of my pocket. You know what I'm saying? And it's just me. There's I like I said, I have no investors, I have no manager, I have no nothing. Yeah. It's me coming up with the marketing plan, it's me coming up with the money to pay for these things. Yeah, it's you know what tough, I'm man. Aside from the help of the actual digital marketer, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and, and and people like that, like in my graphic artist and you know my photographer and videographer, I really don't have any. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize the risk it takes because you're putting a lot of like, even on this podcast right now, we just started making a decent money. It's not nothing special. It's like a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. So the amount of money I invested into this though, right, is like nowhere like like. If this flops or just doesn't do what it does, that's a lot of money gone, man. Yeah, so man. it's just the risk you have to take, and I don't give a fuck nothing. I'm gonna keep going until like till I'm forced to shut this shit down yeah, at that right. point. So yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It's it's believing in yourself, investing in yourself. Um, so following that project, were you satisfied with the reception? Oh uh, yeah, all that. Absolutely, I was I was super super satisfied uh, because this is the first time. Well, not the first time, but it's it's the first time I really got to utilize what I learned about digital marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, with no slacking, it was like I, the first time I ever ran a, a YouTube ad, a Google ad, was for Sean. Yeah. And um, it worked, but I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> I was getting views, but I wasn't getting 
um, too much like traction like that as far as like you probably weren't linking it to the right yeah, yeah. I w- yeah like as far as like likes and comments I wasn't doing yeah. it the right way matter of fact I'm sorry not Sean it was do with me that was yeah. the first time I ran an ad yeah was for for do with me so um I didn't know what I was doing so then with no slacking I hired somebody and yeah. they, they knew what they were doing a little bit so I seen the results of that I'm like something with this yeah you know what i'm saying like it's, it's really reaching people like real people yeah like, oh it's real no yeah. i've seen facebook i've seen youtube all that shit's yeah, yeah. real it's as real it gets people. yeah it's, it's not as real yeah. as it gets exactly there's nothing fake people about don't it. people don't realize that yeah. they, they have there's no idea nothing fake about it yeah. they're real like, p- they'll argue with you yeah they'll tell you you're whack like you know that you know yeah. what i'm saying they'll, they'll tell you like if you hot They'll share it. They'll, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's That's real. what I first did when I started the Diverse Mentality channel. I was just fucking around with it. I was like, ah, YouTube ads. Let me see. Let me throw like $100 yeah, that, to this. That shit works. And it was, man. yeah, it was working. But I was like, I don't think I need this because I figured out, you know, I know YouTube. Like YouTube yeah. is like, that shit, I've been on that since 2006. Yeah, you way so. better at it than I do because <laughs> I wish I had 500,000. Yeah, I mean, it's all it is is, man, people don't realize it's it's tags. Tags are the number one most important thing because mm-hmm. that's, that's where people find and then there's a thing that you can use, which I didn't use because I didn't, you know, since I already knew YouTube, it was like nothing that I needed. There's a, a site. Uh, this is a gem for all of you that are listening. If you're this far into it. There's a site for listening this far into it. This is a gem. This site is vidiq.com. Mm-hmm. This site is curated for YouTube. They'll All you pay is, I think, I think it's $30 a month. Mm-hmm. You don't even need it for the f- one month. That's all you need, right? Mm-hmm. They They tell you, hey, Whatever you title it, they'll give you, hey, this is this is what's the search one. This is what's, if you're using this, it's wrong. Shouldn't use that because not enough people are looking at this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So they give you a whole breakdown of everything that you should be doing mm. the moment you're uploading. So it's mm. not like it's in real time. They'll, let's just say you search up pizza, right? They'll show on the right side. Is the, is the topic of pizza hot? Is it the most searched? Is it a lot of competition in there? How many videos have blown up recently from it? That type of stuff. So it'll give you a full breakdown. It's worth that $30. So if anybody is wanting to get into YouTube, do all that, that's a good way for rookies to get hey. into it. They have no idea about YouTube. Hey, shit, so. man. I, I should have been paying you $2,000 a month. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. I would have took that. I would have like, yo, I, I would have had the fucking videos blowing up, man. man you never hit me up on that. I, yeah. I know YouTube, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have paid you $2,000 <laughs> yeah. like I said. But yeah. A lot of people try to give me like I've I've had so many people hit me up to try to like hey yo help me out just and it's just time consuming man it's yeah, a lot of shit too you so. already got your own thing going on so yeah it's very time consuming but you know if I fuck with you and that type of shit I'll help people out for free too because I don't you know as long as I don't have to constantly be in there like there's a lot yeah, of people yeah. I help out here and now be like yo here's this here's this you know work with it and it's all about up to you and how you you know grab you know take that and run away with it and stuff like that so yeah definitely yeah. So let us cook too. <laughs> yeah. So let us cook too. Let us cook too. I've been working on. That's the next. Uh, yeah. That's the that's the next project. Well, really, the next project is hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres is what Let Us Cook One was supposed to be. Yeah. It's an appetizer leading on to the album. But this time, I'm not gonna take five years. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <'cause laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, hors d'oeuvres is a is a is a is a uh, is a five joint EP. Um, the first drink doesn't really count because it's an intro. But, yeah. Um, so it's really like four tracks or whatever. Um, and it's just an appetizer to Let Us Cook 2. So Let Us Cook 2 is the is the main, it's, it's a real album. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, um, it has singles on it. I, I got a couple singles on it. 
um, like like the quote unquote single, like that would be considered a single. Yeah, whatever, whatever the fans, yeah, usually. Yeah, end up, yeah. But, yeah, but um, at the same time, I'm still displaying lyricism. I'm still doing yeah. what people know me for, or whatever. It's it's just I've grown as an artist, and the music is um, much more digestible. Yeah. Um, but it's still like I said, it's still like lyric lyric driven. Yeah. You know what I'm saying the beats are just more digestible and you know what I'm saying and I'm telling a little bit of, of stuff that I was been going through the past couple years or whatever but um the yeah. personal tracks are always the best man yeah I got some, tell got, got, got some pers- personal joints or whatever or, yeah. or things that I'm throwing in personal things any Atlanta influence <laughs> um the only th- only only thing I can say that has ly- um Atlanta influence would be the joint that I sent you paper cuts yeah that's okay like, yeah I can cut yeah I yeah. can hear that that's like the that's the leading single I got a real big plan for that single or whatever I hope it works out the way I plan to yeah but yeah um so yeah that's that's like that's my so hors d'oeuvres and then, and then are you gonna follow up to, immediately uh, or immediately you, okay yeah, immediately so i want i want to you uh, have a date for uh, the hors d'oeuvres hors d'oeuvres uh will be easter 2021 so april yeah yeah so april and then i want to put out let us cook two for the summer okay yeah so be right Damn. right right after that's what's yeah, up I'm not, I'm not gonna waste any time this time Oh man, American nah, Greed was yeah. like the detox. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord willing, because like you know, I, I want things to go. No, nah, yeah, I yeah, want things sure. to be perfect. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I could have been put out both of them. Yeah, but I just want things to be nah, man, t- the right nah, way. Yeah, as far as like even sonically, like I like, hate when people rush me into anything. So yeah, I already have the cover for Let Us Cook too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I just I have the cover. I have the track listing. If I if uh, it's about like the make sure that it's mixed properly and yeah. you know I'm saying certain things are in order. Have you found and, the right studio here for you? Um yeah, I found a good studio. Okay. I, I found a good studio, whatever. But yeah. you know, it still has like the vocals have to be tightened on both projects. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't have a cover for hors d'oeuvres. I'm I'm working on it. I I have I don't I don't want to say it too early about who I'm working with on the cover because it might not go through. Yeah. But um, it's somebody that that's like big that worked with a big fashion name. Yeah, don't tell me it's Virgil. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'll tell you off the Virgil. Uh, I, 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 he, he's worked with Virgil. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, he's All worked. Right. He's worked with Virgil. All but, right. Yeah, uh, but I'm uh, like, hopefully it, it it works out. Yeah. I'll tell you off the okay. thing. But all right, man. Uh, that's it. I think for uh this episode. Breeze Mantana, thank you for stopping by, man. man I uh, appreciate you so yeah, much, man. man. You always supported me, always showed love, for always sure, looked man. out for me. I told you, man, whenever I get this uh, podcast going, come yeah. through, showed up. And always, you're always welcome. Whenever you drop the project, whenever you feel like it, you're like, definitely yo. Definitely come back when yeah, I drop Yeah, just let, let me know. Too. Yeah, yeah for sure. And then, you know, another, we can get into different, you know, things, things that you didn't talk about, skip through or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, thank you guys. About the project and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, things about the project. Yeah. yeah so everybody follow me at Breeze Mantana. Everything, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, BreezeMantana dot com. Yep. All consistent. That's the good thing. Yeah. yeah. Everything so. is Breeze Mantana. Yeah. I hate when like yeah. artists switch off. It's, it's yeah. this. It's that. And then it's like. Yeah. Nah. Everything is synonymous. I learned that in marketing too. So. Yeah. Is. My sh- my name got taken by a fucking video game, man. Quake. Yeah. Crazy, man. <laughs> I was like, man, once I get big, I'm taking that shit. <laughs> so, man, you could buy that shit back. <laughs> yeah. Now that video game is huge. Quake, the video yeah. game. 
That shit be generating millions upon millions, bro. I, I know a video yeah, game. Yeah, it's a Quake. It's called Quake. I didn't know there's a video game because, you know, so. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of our first guest, Breeze Mantana. Yes, sir. Um, crazy story, man. Thank you for thank sharing you. your whole story, man. Thank Appreciate you, that you, a lot, man. So thank you for stopping by, man. And hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Of course, follow us all over the platforms, Spotify, all that. You can check out Apple Music, Deezer, Google Podcasts. Uh, it'll be on YouTube too uh, a day after. I don't know when I'm going to air this episode because it's the first artist we've had. So I got to usually have episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. So okay. I might do in between that or somewhere around there. Or I might just replace one of the days that we normally have an episode. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you for stopping by once again. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. All right.